When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to episode four of FBL Black Box. And you might notice there's an extra face to proceedings in Luke, aka D1 Sable. How are you, Luke? Very good, as thanks for having me on. Honored to be the first guest on Black Box. First ever guest on Black Box. Amazing. Uh, also, Mark is here as always. How are you doing, Mark? Good evening. Yeah, Luke, with your debut, is it going to be Havertz or Rodriguez? What do you reckon? <sighs> Probably have it. So we'll just, we'll no, can't wait for it. <laughs> well, the uh, it's good to have you, Luke, because you formed the uh, the support group for game week two. Uh, we've all, mm. as a spoiler, had an absolutely miserable uh, game week two. Um, so we need to assess what went wrong and what we can do to do better uh, next time. So uh, Mark and I, we are adopting a very patient approach. Well, Mark's taken a few hits. Uh, throwing a few hits around. I'm being a little bit more patient than that. Luke is already, the wild card's gone. He's gone all in. He's got lots to say about um, how that went. So we're going to hear all about that in a second. Uh, we've also got loads of other stuff to talk about. We've got team stats, who's impressing, who's struggling. We've got penalties. We mentioned them last week, but they're going to be a big factor this year. Uh, the whipping boys, who to target. There's three teams that are looking particularly suspect. Uh, so we should be getting in players playing against them. We've got a few comments on Bale, who's come in at 9.5. Is he going to be a good option? And uh, I think we're going to talk about price rises as well, because people are getting very frustrated with those. You've got a rant, haven't you? As You, you said to me specifically, I'm handling that bit. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. You're going to oh, go no, off that's, the that's hook. All Luke, that's all Luke. Is it? Luke is, is, Luke? Luke, Luke is um, chief rant, chief ranter <laughs> to, today. Uh, I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about the season it's, so far. Today. It's funny, actually, because I thought like we had such bad game weeks as that I thought we'd want someone coming in with a positive vibe. But actually, mm. getting Luke on is a masterstroke because he's probably the only bloke we know who's actually below us in the ranks at the moment. So, well, uh, I, I was on with um, with Kunkaram on the Scoutcast last night. I hope I saw. It was horrible, to be honest. He had a great week. You know, he was really happy and Joe and I were there miserable so sickening I, wasn't it absolutely I, I, sickening and he mentioned it twice he did mention it twice i know, I know. yeah we got, we got luke so we're we're, we're all right <laughs> so you'd be pleased to know i can fulfill that role most weeks as if you want not <laughs> now now come on be optimistic you're going to turn it around like all of us surely come on we're gonna hopefully do. i mean game week one I, I don't want to dwell on that too much but essentially i didn't have salah so you can you can see how that probably went for me Ended up with 33 points in game week one. Now, I was quite happy with my team overall. Um, I don't know, the Salah thing, I don't want to get too much into it, but I thought I could maybe get away with the game week one. Didn't work out that way. I didn't wasn't going to captain him in game week two, three, four, wanted to spread the money. I thought, as long as I can get away with that, just one goal, well, you know, I'll take that, maybe two. He hits three, of course. So mm. punished. Fair enough. You know, hold man's up, some mistake. 
But really, I mean, the problem was my team selection with going with Pulisic and Vinagri, which I think maybe a couple of you did as well. Oh, I did. I did exactly that. Well, yeah. I did. Yeah, I just had Vinagri. So, you know, I thought, again, in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have gone with these guys. But I think my lesson really to learn here was don't trust managers because, you know, Lampard seemed to be giving all the signs that Pulisic would at least see some minutes. We're all in that mindset at the moment of I don't want to waste transfers, right? We want to spend them on the big hitters and I want to be spending them on defenders and midfielders. So I'm thinking... Pulisic has got the potential to be you know, one of the great players, like a 9, 10 million midfielder, I think. So I don't want to waste time bring, um, you know, bringing him in later. And the same for Vinagri. You know, we were all set thinking that this guy's going to be one of the best 4.5s, plays for Wolves as a wing-back. I don't want to have to be in a position where I'm going to have to bring this guy in. And then I had those comments from Nunes saying, like, you know, uh, Marcel's going to take time <laughs> to integrate into the squad. And oh, yeah. you know, we had Lamp saying Pulisic is in the squad and ready. I think with that one, he might have had a setback. So it's like you can kind of chalk it off, maybe a bit of bad luck there. But ultimately, I should have just realised there's no smoke without fire. They're, they're poor decisions. I shouldn't have gone with these two players. Well, we, we've cut, we've cut, we've we've already we've got your back here, Luke, because we've already added that to the uh, the commandments, haven't we, <laughs> right. Mark, of, of the, yeah. the black box commandments. Don't trust these bastards we said exactly that it's, it's old wounds this is this is exactly what we opened up on the first couple of shows you clearly didn't watch the first couple of shows luke because oh, we, we were just, <laughs> hurt me too i just yeah. to make, i'm in company of, of mark sevens here guys i've made some rational decisions see it's just like but, well what, don't but, follow me the wild card look i mean you know i, I couldn't believe it when i saw no. that you'd, you'd wild card you'd have to go in one what, what was the what was the thought process there well you gotta remember I've, I've got 33 points game week one right so now i'm in a position where I had Son as a placeholder. He was always a placeholder. He was going to be coming out for Bruno regardless. You know, I'm a Man United fan loosely. I wanted to be in a position where I've got <laughs> Bruno Fernandes in game week two, penalty taken. Not many people can get him. I was 100% wanted to do that. I didn't want to waste the swaps on defenders and midfielders like I already discussed, but I'm in a position where I've suddenly got Vinagri and Pulisic not playing. So I would have had to have played Mitchell away to Man United. He ended up with an assist, which I don't <laughs> think anyone would tell me he gets more than one point in that game um, before that. Um, you know, and I'd have had to play Basuma, who ended up getting a red card, funnily enough. But that's not a position you want to be in. So then I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to take a minus eight if I want to follow through my plan because Bruno's going to be going up in price. He didn't, you know, so I'm going to be priced out of that move. And suddenly I'll be on 25 points because I've taken a minus eight. And then I still won't be fully mm. happy with my team. And then to top it off, Mitrovic was going down in price and Danny Ings, who I really couldn't understand, like one game, he's going down in price. So it felt like it was a crossroads. It's like, do I just suck this up, take a minus eight, say I've got 25 points, still not be happy with my team, take the drop, maybe get priced out of Bruno. I thought that's enough. I'm just going to wildcard, forget all that. Don't have to worry about all that stuff. We'll start fresh. It's taking and, Son now, isn't it? That, yeah. So, that I mean, ultimately, Son and Mitrovic out this week is... is I'm very brutal. happy with my wildcard. I feel like I've done pretty good. Considering it is one week's worth of data, right? It's very hard to... to to know who's to pick but when i look at it now i feel i see people love wild cards um, on twitter and stuff and it's very much you know basically mine or very close to it so i feel like i did that right it's just the punishment i received for taking out sun mm. ings and mitrovic eight goals from three players <laughs> i mean that is just smited down yeah. instantly from that decision so my main i mean yes i made mistakes and stuff fair enough i understand that not trusting you know sorry trusting managers uh, and maybe just from now, I just need to ignore prices, but they drive me so wild. And in the end, they didn't even go up in price, these guys. And that's the thing that we're going to talk about. I think it's just, you know, I could have, I could have just taken the minus four, the minus eight, like I think Mark did, but you know, I wouldn't have been happy ultimately and I'd have lost enough value. And it's a crossroads then you're at that mm. point. Am I backing my decisions this early on and going against, you know, the bandwagons and 
these players that are going up, then suddenly you're in a position, a horrible position, where you're priced out of players you wanted for good runs. You know, I wanted Bruno for this run. At the end of the day, Salah did well brilliantly game week one, but over like a seven or eight period where I don't want to use swaps particularly, I felt like Bruno Fernandes might outscore Salah or at least get close because he's got better games. I'm very much a fixtures manager. So mm. that's what I, you know, anticipated. Didn't work out like that. Well, I think we, we should. Again. I think we should look at our game weeks first, and then we're going to get. But you can you can rant again when we look at your team because actually your game week wasn't too bad. But we'll look at Az's team first. It's a lot better than mine, anyway. Um, as talk us through game week two. Then go on. <laughs> well, I'm a lot better than yours isn't isn't saying well, much. I'm, I'm no, afraid. That's very true. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the best, the only good thing really that that came of it was was Pereira getting ten points uh, because you know I've been talking about him quite a lot. Uh, pre-season and, and and things. I mean, his assist was was pure jam. His free kick was spectacular. So yeah, ten points for him is great. Pretty much everything else awful though. I mean, I had Ryan who got who got six, Alexander Arnold who got seven, and then blanks for Davies, Walker, Peters, Eiling, Salah, Havertz, <laughs> Werner, Martial, and five point captain um, for Aubameyang. So. It, it it wasn't great. I'm, I think I think it's fitting in a week like that where it was Pereira who delivered for you, though. When, yeah. when that went in in the early kickoff, I was like, "Oh, hello, he's, he's going to be so tough with that." And... The trouble is, every, that was literally the only good thing because everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. You know, Ings scored. I took him out. United blanked. Um, Everton got five goals and have any of their assets. Son getting four goals. It's just like. Man City starting so strongly. You know, every single thing that could have gone wrong, I think, for all of us, um, just did. So I'm I'm keen to forget it and move on. I mean, Havertz uh, stays. Uh, he had, you know, taken off at 45 minutes against Liverpool. I kind of expected it when they got the red card anyway. So I can't really blame him too much for that. He's got two goals and counting. In has the he, has he got a hat-trick? I think someone said he's got a hat-trick. He hasn't got chat. a hat-trick. You're kidding. No, I saw it in the chat just now. Oh, that would be that'd be great. Yeah, so you know, hopefully he's got some confidence back, and he's got West Brom next, and there's going to be goals. I, I, I've got to even, say, I didn't even, see that coming. Well, no. even Calvert Lewin can get a hat trick versus West Brom, as so there is that. Yeah, but, but I I think that Havertz probably <laughs> used his feet and rather than every other body part. Okay. <laughs> no, it was a weird well, hat trick, wasn't it? I don't know. Not after the game week one, maybe not. Did you see him try and control the ball? Yeah, I don't know what that was, but yeah. I'm so happy Havertz has got that trick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can see. Life. I can see it in your face. This will cheer you up as well. Look at my game week. My God. So the record-breaking uh, week for goals was it? And I didn't get a single goal out of it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely shocking. Um, so McCarthy in goal zero. Alexander Arnold seven. Dean, who was my sign-in, one of my sign-ins, two sign-ins, one point. Alien one point. Robertson six points. Grealish, who was my other oh, signing for the hit. Grealish, he had plenty yes. of chances, didn't he? Oh, God. <laughs> and it, I'll, I'll come to my lesson learned in a minute, but I, it looked, as soon as Sheffield United got that player sent off, I thought, hello, that's got to help. Yeah. But it actually didn't because it was just really solid defending from that point on until Villa got the goal. And then it really opened up for him and he had two or three really good chances, but didn't take them. So go on, lay into me for going Grealish. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky as well. Like, like, um, David Tucker said in the chat, you're lucky that Alison saved that pen. Because if, mm. if, if you'd lost the double clean sheet... I know! I know. You'd have had one imagine. assist. You'd have had one assist. All, Just imagine. All but at least I got my captain right, because he was my highest scoring player. So I can take <laughs> solace in the fact that Aubameyang was the, was the highest scoring player there. Yeah, Salah... Aubameyang got 10, Salah 3, um, Adams 1, Werner 2, and that's it, really. Absolutely I mean, shocking. The, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, and, and it's definitely going to be your lesson learned, is... Um, 
is Grealish because I mean yeah. you know it was between Grealish and Barnes wasn't it yeah you were so you were so passionate about Barnes and then you were and then I know. You surprised me last week going for Grealish uh, this is it just to bring my lessons learned up because this is um, we're adding to this as we go um, and basically that was um, that was my dog in the background yeah right? I wonder what that I know was. it's crazy <laughs> must be a fox in the garden um, or maybe they want Harry, Harvey Barnes in as well I don't know maybe that was it but yeah the, the new point on there on my lessons learned so far this season don't let potential price drops be too powerful as a tiebreaker when considering targets because that's what I did I looked at Barnes and he was um he was 60% towards a drop I think before the uh before that game and Greenish was nowhere near that so I thought to myself well if if Barnes doesn't do it against Burnley he's got City next he's going to drop for sure I don't want to buy another player who's going to drop nor you know mm. one because I hate I hate losing value and so I thought to myself, well, Grealish has got Sheffield United, who didn't look great shakes with Ramsdale in goal. Um, getting used to having a new keeper there, of course. And um, and he's got Fulham next. So I thought over two games, he would probably outscore Barnes. And I did say Barnes will probably get something. Never he mind. still could. He's You know, he could get a goal and assist at Fulham, couldn't he, Grealish? Right. So I don't think Fulham are going to be as effective shutting him down as Sheffield United were. They, you know, Wilder knows what he's doing. He's played against Grealish before and knows exactly how to do it. So he, he moved um, Basham over and didn't go man to man, but he definitely shut him down. So, yeah, I've got to be careful not to do that again. So it's just I put it on here to remind me next season that that's one factor I can't build into it. Because it's a shame I didn't go Barnes. I lost 13 points. But at the end of the day, I've still got Grealish at Fulham mm. while Barnes goes to City. And then after that, I've got the option to go to Barnes, go to Zaha, go to Triori. So, yeah, that position in my midfield is definitely going to be one that I swap in and out according to fixture and form. So it's not the end of the world. Grealish wasn't a long-term pick and he could still do it at the cottage. Let's see. Let's see. Anyway. Yeah, there was there was one, the one lesson that I forgot to send you, so it hasn't been added yeah, to the list. Typical. Yeah, I'll put it on next no, week. No, amateur. I oh, know, actually. Uh, well, it's, it's part of the article that I wrote for Scout today, just about, you know, I'm seeing lots of people wildcarding, looking for shiny new players and, and things and that's exactly what I did with, with Martial I was adamant that I was going to do wings to Martial no matter what uh, and what I should have done was probably prioritise some of the other issues that I had in my team before taking him out so I you know Ings against Spurs at home wasn't wasn't that bad a fixture I'm not saying I would still rather have had Martial but when I'm thinking about transfers I could have made Gambit 1 I could be in a stronger position now if I'd focused on the weak links rather than trying to you know getting all the all the best ones yeah well so, that, that's what i'm trying to do i mean my, yeah. every one of my transfers i'm trying to make sure i'm targeting the players that aren't doing it for me rather than like exactly. i said shopping for somebody that i've covered in but and then you know doing yeah. i mean like some to i would i mean to be fair hand on heart if i'd have had some i probably would have done some to rashford yeah so do so I, I can't, you know, I'd have done exactly what Luke did. I would have got rid of Son and got a United player in in the same way. So, well, I think yeah. he was the um, most transferred out player. For, uh, yeah, yeah it was. game, wasn't it? it yeah. was, so, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not alone. <laughs> Those of us that did it. I think Ing Ings and Son both were, weren't they? Yeah. Well, um, Ings, was def Ings was definitely up there. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he, he dropped in these 8.4, so no doubt he had a lot of people removing it. I say it's really annoying because I did fancy him in that game. Um but I mean, just talking about that game briefly, what are Southampton up to? I don't uh, understand what they're no. doing. Like schoolboy stuff. It literally just that high line was mental. And um, it was the, it was a problem at Palace as well, and they didn't address it. And it literally got yeah. to half time in the Spurs game, and really just went, look, lads, just came, mm. just come to the halfway line, dink the ball over, 
and you're going to get to well, they did, did they... I, I saw it when Sun scored and Kane went over to congratulate him Sun went oh well, that's the first pass that yeah. you've given me that's worked and you could see them talking so at half time Sun just went look you drop deep flick it through and I'll just use my pace cut inside and they did it once fooled them once but they did it again and again and again I mean, it's unbelievable yeah. it's unbelievable but that, that won't happen at Newcastle surely no. Like Newcastle are not going to be as stupid as that. And I still worry about Spurs' creativity in general because up until that point, Spurs looked pretty normal, looked pretty average again. It was quite yeah. an, an even kind of boring game. I think you game. kind of have to write that game off as yeah, just I think craziness so. and hope yeah. that Ralph addresses that. I mean, it's like he thinks he's managing, you know, Barcelona or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on there. But like you say, it's, it's worrying that he didn't pick up on that. I mean, at one point, you just think he's. It's stubborn, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's almost like a fantasy manager. No, I'm sticking yeah. to my guns there. We're gonna we're gonna get this back, even though it's worked four times. I mean, Kane gets four assists. He got two assists the whole of last season. It's just absolutely crazy. It's just an outlier of a game. I think yeah. that's what I'm going to tell myself anyway. And right <laughs> it, it upset a lot of people. I was listening to the Always Cheating podcast. You should listen to those guys talk about it. They, they were very disparaging of, of yeah. Hassan. It was and 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 I. I think he's a good manager, right? Um, I think he. I love him. Yeah. yeah, he turned he turned them around last season after the Leicester game. Mm-hmm. But I um I just don't understand why. He, I think he felt that it was the closing down that wasn't there. The high line is fine. It's just the you know, the closing down wasn't there. They didn't put enough pressure on the ball, and it gave Kane the time to do that. But you know, watching it was just bizarre. It's like watching an under 11s game. It's like you yeah. know, like they can't work out what the problem is and. You know, they haven't and got it's so obvious it. when you're watching it what the problem is, yeah. and yet they just don't adjust to it. Yeah, it's very strange. Utterly bizarre. Let's look at your game week too, Luke. Talk us through talk us through what happened. Obviously, you didn't have much to build on with, was it 33 points from game week one? But <laughs> your, team, your team looked great. I mean, you sent it to me when you wildcard, and I said, I don't know what yeah. you're worried about. It was only because you lost out in the sun points, but otherwise well, on paper. My only thing was no great. Everton. I was surprised you didn't grab a, grab a Calvert-Lewin or a Rodriguez. Yeah, I mean that was right up to the wire, to be honest with you. The but who have you got, Luke? Just for the just for the listeners who aren't. Oh, okay. So I've got uh, Leno in goal with a four point steer, and then I've got um, Alexander Arnold who got seven points. Uh, I've got James, so Mark's mate, with a goal and assist from Chelsea from the week before. Um, obviously, one point this week though. Ailing, who got me one point, and Klitsch, who got nice pick. Yeah, not bad. I have to thank Laterizer for that one, actually. We had a discussion about it. I actually had Suchek in my team right up until very close to the deadline, and he, he said swap him out. So hats off to him. Thank you very much. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, obviously a massive letdown, two points. Um, and Aubameyang, who was captain, I think he's most people's captain, right? Just an assist, so a little bit of a letdown there, but 10 points. I went early on po- Podence, so mm-hmm. quite happy about that, because I think he's quite sought after now, isn't he, after his performance? And uh, went with Jesus, Jimenez and Martial up top. So Martial was kind of a one-week punt almost for me because I do want Werner in that spot. I've left the 0.5, but I thought out of the two, you know, Werner's playing Liverpool and Martial's home to Palace. So I may as well go for that sort of one-game week punt there almost. But yeah, I got Jimenez in for Ings just because I thought long time, you got to re- long time, you got to readdress it. You know, at that point, Wolves I'm are so about to go into their really Jimenez. Good... Yeah, I, I mean, I like I that really move. <laughs> Jesus was the thing that swayed me on the Everton thing, really. So oh, I did have James Rodriguez in midfield in the 3-5-2. So basically James Rodriguez instead of Jesus and then double Liverpool defence still instead of James. So Robertson instead of James. 
but right up to the deadline, and then obviously this Aguero news broke, and I just thought that's, that's one of those rules almost of fantasy football that I've tried to write in my head in the last few seasons is, you know, everyone knows it. If one of the Man City strikers is out, then get the other one. And I thought mm. I'd kick myself if I don't do this. I know their fixtures aren't great, but I like players who have a lot of shots, and, you know, Jesus' shot volume is very high. His expected goals are always high. The data, it often looks better than Aguero in some of the data that he, he stacks up for chances and stuff. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as Aguero for finishing them, but I just feel like when that opportunity presents itself, you have to go for it. So, you know, I, I thought that Everton would do well and I'd probably miss out points there, but I'm quite happy with that, at least until Aguero comes back and then I can just change it. I mean, that's kind of my mindset there. And, you know, I'm, I'm not as high on Everton as everyone else. Maybe I'm mis mistaken or I'm misled, but I feel like they've just had two very, very easy games. Yeah, I agree with you, Luke. People yeah. are talking about Rodriguez. He's had two games, one against Spurs and Spurs didn't really show up and Everton just... Yeah, they had so much possession and they played around with it, um, tick-tacky football. And then West Brom, who are you know, relegation favourites and only had 10 men for 45 minutes. And so Rodriguez has impressed, but Palace is going to be a proper test because mm. Hodgson's going to have a player on him and they've got players who can put him under pressure. And Palace are a much sounder team defensively, as they've already shown. They haven't conceded, mm. well, one goal conceded so far. Um, and that was obviously a consolation to United. So... I think if he impresses in that game and he gets something out of it, I'll start taking interest. But it's good news. Moment... Um, good news for Brighton as well because they they threw in the cup, so it means Basuma can play against Everton, right? Because he he'll serve his ban for that ridiculous red card that he got. I don't, I don't <laughs> know why I'm laughing. It wasn't those awful. It was such a bad bad bit of bad thing he did. But yeah, I mean having Basuma Basuma there, I don't think Brighton's a particularly easy game for Everton either. And then they go to Liverpool, so it's three tough games for. Yeah, and, uh, I suppose it's, I mean, it's just too early for anything really right now, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's why a lot of you guys aren't wildcarding and doing it, which is probably the sensible approach. We've only had two weeks and we've already seen what massive swings there can be between a team's performance. I think a lot has come down to who these guys have played, but, you know, fitness, I think, has come into it. Palace are clearly very, very fit and up to it. Did they win something like 11, um, didn't win a game in something like 11 or 13 yeah. games up until game week one? It's just, you know, it's almost like Southampton and Palace have switched in a bit mm. I know the styles are very different, but in terms of the performance that you'd expect, Southampton have been dreadful after they were very good in lockdown and um, vice versa for Palace. So just mad. But anyway, yeah, I ended on 51 points. So I think it did okay-ish, but um, again, 91 points. When you see some of the it. scores, oh, 91 if you left it. Well, yeah, when you see some of the scores. Don't ever do that. Right? Don't ever look at what <laughs> you would have scored. Right? It's just, that right. is one of the worst things to do. I mean, yeah. that you actually had to sit down and work that out. What was going through your head? Did you actually go, right, I'm going to sit down and work <laughs> out how many points I would have got <laughs> yes because I like pain mark quite clearly and I've uh <laughs> I have to I have to learn from it right so now this is what we're exactly, doing now. We're, yeah. we're going again yeah. I'm happy with my team moving forward it's going to do well this week of course it's, it's bullseye look at what you could have won bring out the speedboat you've lost yeah. but here you go that's what you could have had no you just don't want to do it it's crazy uh, it's, you... it, it's the issue isn't it with you know with with, with you know the, the wild cards are uh, a, a good a good play obviously if you need it but, you know, you think now a lot of people are going away from United. They're even going away from Chelsea and they're going to like Everton and going to, you know, these these teams. And you think actually those the United and the Chelsea could easily do well this week. It could be it could be exactly the same. You know, Martial could be this week's son. It's doesn't mean he's a bad player just because of one bad week. It's just not enough data for me to, to no. work on. And, and this is it. I, I want to, Let's just pop in on the great and the good because that's a, a, a table. And I want to talk about wildcards a bit in relation to that. Um, we're not bottom, Maz. Look, we're, we're all right. I know. You know so 
And there's good managers below us, right? In Joe, Phil, Matthew, and, and Late Riser. <laughs> Yeah, and Joe, yeah, nice one. Yeah, he loved that <laughs> one. Touche. Um, we, we stuck you on there, Luke, just for reference of uh, of your score and so on. And, and Darren Wiles as well, who uh, called the Greyhead is the best manager he could find in the Hall of Fame at the moment in terms of overall rank amongst the, you know. Look at Late Riser at the bottom. I know, and he's got his wildcard active. Is that correct? Yeah. He was on a minus eight and then he wildcarded, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. Good my, man. Sensible guy. This is it. <laughs> my view on wildcards is, and. And the reason why I think it's too early is because I looked at the pot. Obviously, I looked at it, right? And I thought to myself, should I take it up as an option? But it's like game week one all over again. You know, when you're picking your initial lineup, it's kind of, just, it's a bit of potluck. It still feels like that. If I was sitting down now and someone said, right, you can pick as many transfers as you like. Although we've had two matches and I've got some data, you still wouldn't be sure enough to go, mm. right, I'm not going to want a different team in about a week's time or two weeks' time. Whereas... You hope that as the season goes on, when you sit down with wildcard, you can make more definite choices that you'll be, you know, give you something long I, I, I agree term. with that to some extent, but I think this season might be slightly unprecedented. And I just cannot remember this amount of options that are that are fantasy appeal. It's just it's so many of them. And I think it's in stark contrast to, especially last season, and it just seems so crazy. There's so many options. I don't think we're ever going to be a point where you can sit down fully and say, yeah, this is going to be the team. These are you the can make two wild cards of, of completely yeah. different players that are both viable. Yeah, I've, never, I've never seen that before. I love it to be honest. I love that because it's going to be highs and lows, and we've already seen it in two weeks. You know how how different. I mean, at one stage, I think I looked at the mods and cons, and I was ninety two points away from first in two weeks. How does that even happen? I don't. <laughs> I was like baffled. Like I couldn't do that if I tried. If I had an auto select team, but there we go. Yeah, it's massive swing. I mean, obviously we had the record breaking goals for a start. And then you had the, the promoted teams are all really struggling defensively, and two of them played against each other and turned you know turned in a big scoring game. Yeah, and then you got Southampton, which as we've talked about already, just you can't legislate for that kind of performance. Nice. So it's like I had I didn't have Leicester players when they thrashed Southampton last season, and I watched it and I was gutted, obviously, when I think it was it Perez and Vardy got hat tricks. But at the end of the day, I, I had to be philosophical and thought, well, how could I ever have seen that coming? You know, mm. you just cannot. You cannot blame yourself for that. And I think that's how you've got to feel if you did sell some. That, that I don't think that it was a wrong decision if you were going to get United player. I could see the yeah, logic yeah. behind it. And you just cannot legislate for that kind of punishment. The four goals, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so and and on, on, on the flip side of the, of the teams doing poorly... Uh, and United included in that. I mean, look at City and how, and I mean, yeah, it pretty much the hardest away game you could have in the first game of the season, expecting a bit of rust and for them to put in that performance with, I mean, De Bruyne was just an absolute, I was saying, I was saying yesterday, if you, if you watch that game and haven't immediately bought in De Bruyne, <laughs> then you've got balls of steel because I saw that and I was just like, it's absolutely, if anyone was debating De Bruyne and Sterling, that, that game, I don't see how you can pick Sterling because De Bruyne was just, Amazing. Yeah, I did the match of the day challenge. Not quite. I mean, one match. I followed General's kind of lead here, and I thought, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at the score. I'm gonna watch the match later. So I started watching it about ten o'clock, and he City just blew me away. Their energy and physicality. I, I mean, obviously, Guardiola said, look, they're they're tough. They're aggressive. You're gonna have to compete with them, and they they really did. I mean, I mean, Jesus was astonishing as well. He really putting a shift in. Really physical yeah. with the centre backs. Yeah, Rodri and Fernandino just held the midfield brilliantly. They were just all over them, swarming all over. And yeah. you look at United and they look leggy, 
I mean, Luke, you're a United fan. How do you explain it that City were just so fast out of the blocks? How, how can there be a difference in fitness to that degree? Well, that's is it. We just don't know, do we? And I think their pre-seasons were not too dissimilar where we weren't really sure. I mean, a lot of their players were, you know, there was the COVID thing for, for Man City, for example. Yep. And, you know, they got players playing all around the world and they didn't seem to have much of a pre-season. In terms of signings, there wasn't too many. Obviously, Torres and, and Ake, but you'd expect City to probably spend more. And similar with Man United, we need a few players in. It's a very similar build-up. And build the departure of Silva, the most influential yeah. player. Exactly. Well, but then their performances just completely contrast to each other and that's why people say well yeah in hindsight you could have maybe waited on Man United I agree but then sometimes you know we all waited on De Bruyne and look how well he did if you just went yeah. there straight away so you win some you lose some on that for me I just want to add one thing on that actually I I, I don't actually think Pep would have played Fernandinho um, and uh, Rodri in centre midfield and given De Bruyne that license if uh, Gundogan didn't come down with Covid I feel like really? he always plays him and I think he's got a little bit lucky there because I, I don't honestly, do you think he would have started with Ake and Stones at centre-back? I feel like Ake's first game, he doesn't seem to trust Stones anyway. I feel like he'd have put an old head in there. I feel like Fernandinho would no, have played yeah. a centre-back with yeah. him and Gundogan would have played, which I don't rate him as a player particularly. I don't think it really works when they play him. And I think he kind of lucked out on that, to be honest, because has he ever played two DMs in a game before? I think he was just basically forced into it some way. So Yeah, I think that's true because he wouldn't have put folk. Because That's what it I think would have been, he, he wanted to be, he wanted to, you know, restrict the midfield, didn't he? And yeah, so I think he's almost lucked out into that. So what I'm hoping is he realizes that worked really well because Wolves were, were great. I think they even handled that pretty well. I think other teams would have lost like five, six. Oh one god, in that game. yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So then suddenly I'm thinking, well, is he going to stay like that? Because De Bruyne's got, got massive freedom. It makes him even better, if anything. Um, and yeah, I worry that when Gundogan comes back, is he just going to come straight back again? I mean, it's not. Gonna, I'm still going to have De Bruyne. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel like if people are expecting him to set up that way again, uh, we could only hope that that has swayed him because I don't think it was in his mind. Mm. I'll tell you what, I watched the game and at the end of it, it was, it was about midnight and I, I made the two easiest transfers I'd probably have to make all season. <laughs> it was just, just too obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we know what they are. De Bruyne yeah. in for Aubameyang. So everyone. Podence in for uh, St. Maximan. So yeah, you, you say Podence, I'm going to say Podence because I think he's got, got a bit of a flourish. But yeah, <laughs> that's it, wasn't it? And Joe made the same transfers and I'm sure many other managers did as well. See, I've gone off him. I everyone's, know, I everyone's heard flocking, this. Everyone's flocking to him and I've gone off him. Semedo signed today. I just think there's so many players now competing for that, the, the, those forward spots. Um, yeah. They're in the market as well, apparently, for another... For another signing, um, Douglas Costa has been rumoured to go from Juventus. I, I mean, it's it's it, this is it. it. It's a it's not exactly a massive gamble, is it? A five point five million midfielder who might be starting up front or in the front three for a team with the fixtures Wolves have got. But for everyone, I just there's a little bit of me that wants to wait and just see what what comes because he's he's, pretty, he's not exactly a clinical no. player, is it? He, he's looked amazing. I mean, his nutmeg of De Bruyne. Is already the best moment of the season, I think. You get um, three points for that. Yeah, you should do. You should just get yeah, Max Bonus. Yeah. He, he could have got a haul, but he wasn't clinical. You're right. I think that's going to be the kind of that's going to be a theme with him. I also think, yeah, he probably is going to get early subs and stuff. That, I mean, everything about what we've seen from Wolves in the past suggests that to me. But I think the way he's he's worked his way into the team at the end of last season and the way he started this season, I think he's in the front. At the moment, I think eventually it'll be Triore, Podence, Jimenez. So, so Ryan, Ryan asked in the chat, would you favour Clip for point one more? So, would you rather have Clip, who's on penalties, no, um, playing for a attacking? You wouldn't. 
I'd rather fixtures. have Podence right now because the fixtures are yeah. so good and I'm a fixtures manager. It, so. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't get Jimenez and Luke's got him and, and, you know, you said as you fear him. I absolutely do as well. And Podence isn't going to cover it. Right? Let's, let's be clear. But oh, cover Mark. I, I'm not going to talk like that. But he, he is, <laughs> he is going to get points out of this run of fixtures, I think. I mean, he's got two assists already, two returns mm. and two. Um, and yet, the short term, I mean, I, I've got my transfer list. I'll bring it up. Uh, at the moment like so that's the stuff that I ask myself when I'm going to make a sign in and yeah Pedence doesn't tick all those boxes right he's not a proven asset you know in the Premier League he's, can't a, bring he's him a gamble in sorry you can't bring him in then well this, no, I, I, <laughs> it, this is a checklist that I don't have to pass all of these I, do, I have to mentally right. score each each signing on this and weigh it all up basically this is just to make sure I don't forget anything basically and, and miss something really obvious and yeah, I, I knew in my head that he's not a proven asset and it's a risk. And is he is he a certain starter? Yeah, possibly not. But I think he is at the moment. I think I'm going to get two or three games out, out of him. He's going to play at West Ham. He's going to play in the game, in the next couple, I think. And they're all very strong fixtures. So I think, as I said to you, it's another position in midfield that I'm going to swap around. Um, so although he doesn't pass my transfer list, lock, stock and barrel, I think it makes sense. And it's like it's like James, Reese James at Chelsea. I think you've got to get on and sometimes take a risk, risk that they are going to nail down a place mm. just because they're a good player. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And if they do, yeah. then you're you're going to be quids in. And I think that's happened with Reese James. And I think it could happen with Pedence as well. I think he's that good. And a lot of Wolves fans feel that he's key to them. Yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah, so, that's what they were saying before in, in, in Preston. It's, it's actually Semedo that I like the look of. If he if he comes in at 5.5 and not 6, which I think would be too high for him, but 5.5 right wing back, if he adopts that kind of Doherty role. And the, the, what's so amazing about Jimenez is his ability to convert from the right. So that in, if you look at his goals, I mean, the amount of assists Do- Doherty got from, from crossing in from the right and now Podence is doing the same thing. If Semedo can come in and get some better attacking stats than he had at Barcelona, um, then I think he's going to be a, a, a good option as well. So I've, I've got enough money to do uh, Davies to Semedo if he's 5.5. I think right, I yeah. I, I mean, I am not going to be able to have a Wolves defender. My defence is pretty solid. We'll look at our teams later. But I may even double up and go Traore and Podence. Um, as well. Wow. Yeah, well, I'm thinking that he's going to be a big factor in those those four easy fixtures. And... Um, He's not a clinical finisher, but he he's good, always going he? to be involved. Again, Again yeah, of course he did. Right wing back, just yeah. so strong and so like um, calm and composed. Just so different to how he was a couple of seasons ago. Like, he's just com- a completely changed player. It's amazing what what um, Nuno's done with him. Yeah, well, he's, he's just very direct, isn't he? So as soon as they get the ball, you can always see he's lining up. Right, am I going to be able to run this from where I am straight to the goal? And he, he, you can see him weigh it up every single time. Quite a lot of the time he'll try, mm. and quite a lot of time it'll work. But uh, the closer you can get him to the goal, I think probably, probably yeah, the better. Yeah. So yeah, those those as a front three look quite mm. lethal to me. The only thing, the only sort of caveat I think, or in the back of my mind is. Wolves don't tend to score a lot of goals or blow teams away. They seem to, once they've got their goals, they might sit back. And that's they got as many concern. goals as Southampton last season. Right, OK, fair enough. Okay. But I, I still just think in the style, they're the kind of team where I feel like they go two or three now up and then they would just pass the ball around with Matinho and Neves a little bit. They wouldn't really... But how many teams in the league are going to go for? No one's really like City, are they? And that's, I guess that's part well, of it. Well, look at him and I mean, he, he very, very rarely gets a double digit. Yeah, score. yeah. But, yeah, but if he's going to score one every week... So for reliable, I'll take it. so reliable, but... Yeah, I mean, the fact that he doesn't get, you know, often get 10, 11, 12 points shows that they don't score that many goals because he's the one that gets all the goals for them anyway. 
yeah, employee of the month, as I said, he's so yeah. reliable. But but yeah. I think Fulham at home, who knows? I mean, he could go mad in that game. Fulham, yeah, I'm so worried about that man. Yeah. Well, let's look at some um, some stats on the game week. We like to do this. This is some game week two data. A couple of things I wanted to pick out here. We talked about Everton in the first week not getting open play crosses service to Calvert-Lewin. Well, they put that straight straight away there. 19 open play crosses in that game against West Brom, which was, I think, second or third overall. Um, but they were playing against 10 men. But that's the service. And, and, and Dean and Coleman were the players providing much yeah. of that width. And which is one of the reasons I went Dino, because I think he will get more assists than last season and hopefully more clean sheets as well. But And he was so involved. I was a bit unfortunate not to get anything from him. But mm. um, I've got great uh, great hopes for him going forward. And they had more shots in the box, more shots as a result of that. Um, open play crosses again low. West Ham really high. And I think they're top overall, as we'll see in a bit. Um, Suchet's got a goal coming, surely. If they keep throwing in crosses like that, He's going to get on the end of something soon. It'll be when he's on my bench, of course. But yeah, <laughs> God, there's there's one there's one stat there that really stands out to me, and that's Tottenham touches in the penalty area eight. Yeah, which is the lowest, the lowest of all teams in the Premier League with Spurs, and they got all those goals. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's mad. Yeah, well, they only went into the penalty area to score the goals, didn't they? Yeah. Basically, didn't do anything in the first no, half. No. It, and it was an extraordinary game to watch. And that stat really does say it all there. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, bit of a, a regression on Newcastle with the XG from open play down to 0.46. Yep. Top last week, yep. near the bottom this week. Um, and also their leads. They got they got all those goals again with a XG from open play of 0.29. Um, pretty incredible. Yep. And Bielsa's been saying that they're not creating enough, um, but they're scoring goals. So you've got to wonder how much that's going to, you know, going to regress. Um, let's look at Leeds. This is over the season so far in the two games. So their their XG is just 1.69 and yet they've got seven goals. So the Delta is 5.31. They've got no right to have seven goals. That is outrageous, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Hard. To be fair, they lost to Nandes in the build-up, didn't they, for the second game? He probably made a big difference to their creativity. First games versus Liverpool. Yeah, how much so can you just, ask that? But... Just, just to put that into context for anyone listening, I think that's probably the fifth worst in the league from a quick scan I've done. Um, so they've got, you know, what the most goal, well, joint most goals. Yeah. And they're fifth from bottom in terms of the goals they should actually have. That's an impressive scan, as. Indeed. Um, I think it's right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's quite, it quite is, fun. yeah. I mean, what I've sorted there on the table is uh, expected goals conceded and the top three teams are West Brom, Leeds and Fulham, all the newcomers to the league. And, uh, and we'll look that's, at this. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah, isn't that's, 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 that is really telling, isn't it? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I was just going to point out, actually, that's actually anti Bamford, isn't it? Wasn't Bamford completely the opposite before get a million chances and never scored. Yeah. Them, yeah. So. Clinical. And now, now. now they've completely switched around and Bamford's a God. So I don't know how that works, but <laughs> hopefully, with, hopefully 38, that will change. Look at that expected goals conceded for West Brom though, six point eight. Yeah. I mean that is I mean the next highest on the list is Leeds with four point five. So, you know, that has a significant percentage. But to <laughs> well, be I mean, fair, I know they're ten men, but Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But up against like... Everton who were kind of uh, are in form, plenty of confidence. I but Chelsea this week, you've got to with Havertz getting the goals tonight. And obviously having more confidence going into that game, and Werner's due a goal. Obviously needs that first goal for Chelsea. You've got to back on the thumbnail. 
Yeah, you've got to back them. We'll get to those later on when we talk about captains. But yeah, West Brom, Leeds and Fulham, obvious whipping boys. And we'll look in more detail at that when we get on to captains later. Let's look at some player stats. Um, this is from the season overall. And it's that XGI non-penalty. Calvert-Lewin, your man at the top there, Luke. I mean, <laughs> you you haven't got him, but you did think about him. But what, what do you think of that? It's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, he, he did nothing in lockdown at the end of last season. Mm. But Which is why I was so fire. against getting him this year because I I knew what I remembered what he did to me last year when I had him. I got him in for that. I think the first game back was Norwich at home, or no, maybe the second game. I wildcarded him in. I think you know I went hard on Everton for that Norwich game. They were I think they won one nil, some goal from someone just random, and then I had him for ages. And he just every week blank blank blank. But they put so much quality in around him now. You, you thinking of getting him, Lou? I just. I mean, probably not because he's gone up in price and I'm stubborn. I don't want him now. It's too much. Um, I just think, I mean, part of it for me is they've played two very easy teams. So there is that. Um, I do think Carlo Ancelotti's done one. very easy team, ouch. Well, going by their performance, <laughs> I should say. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, were der- they were dreadful in that they game, were, right? They were terrible. Yeah, and then 10 men West Brom. I mean, that's obviously going to be pretty good. Um, I just think Carlo's he's working wonders with a guy. I really like him as a player. I've always liked him for a long time. Mark knows this. We discussed it when he played against City a long time ago, and I thought he played really well holding up the ball, but more as like an all-round worker for a team than more of a goal scorer. But Carlo actually has got this history. I think he turned Inzaghi into a goal scorer. Um, Pivo Inzaghi, this is. And I feel like, yeah, he's getting him in the right areas now. I looked at a few heat maps on Twitter and stuff, and he's, he's basically in the penalty area the whole time now. Um, so, yeah, the other guys can do the creative work. There's no reason why he can't score a lot of goals. Um, what, what what strikes me about this table, Mark, is is the fact that you've got Salah who got a hat trick in the first game, Son who got four goals, and yet they're not top of of this. The top, in fact, they're not even the top three. You've got Calvert Lewin at the top with a expected goal involvement of two point seven four. He's like the clear winner. Then you've got Antonio, Richarlison, and then you've got Son, and then you've got Mane ahead of Salah, and then you've got Lacazette, Salah, Wilson, Adams, William Barnes. Jimenez, Wijnaldum, what's he doing there? Mm. Uh, Kane, Zaha, Mopé. So I, I don't own any of these players but Salah. <laughs> so that, well, you got two jammy penalties, yeah. That worries me a bit. Yeah, well, not owning Che Adams worries you. Yeah, it should do. It definitely oh, should. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, to be fair, he, he, he is. I, I didn't rate him at all at the start of the season, mm. uh, but he's been very unlucky. I mean, two those saves. I mean, from Greater and Loris. What can you do about that? Yeah. Antonio as well. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any stats produced from this more this moment that he's not going to be near the top. He's always near the top. How is he managing this all the time? And I, despite their games being terrible, I mean, yeah. he's not even had a penalty yet. And we liked, he's probably going to get them, I think, if Noble's not on the pitch. Yeah, he's, yeah. So I just think Antonio's still a great pick. I mean, I actually like Richarlison more than Calvert Lewin, that's what I wanted to say before. Even though Calvert Lewin's the one right up top, I still feel like Richarlison is just so close to being a really, really good player. He's involved in so much. He gets so many opportunities. He always gets something on a cross somehow. I don't know how he manages it. You know, he got assists in the other games. Obviously, his XGI is right up there as well. And I just, I think he's a better player at the end of the day. I feel yeah, like I was he can say, just I'm going to whisper it. I'm going to whisper it, but he's definitely a better player. <laughs> the problem is he's 8 million and the other guys will 7-1 now or 7-2. I guess that's the problem, right? But... I still feel like Richarlison could do better than him and, and have a better season. He so you're all ignoring Everton. Well, I'm, I, I'm not. I've got Dina, but that's about it. Atta- oh, yeah. Attacking wise, I mean, I, if they put two or three goals past Palace, I think we're going to have to take notice. And mm. 
Rodriguez. I, I like Luke Calvert Lewin hurts me now because he's gone up. He's probably gone up to by 0 3 now, hasn't he? Um, he's not so at the moment. Right. Yeah, yeah it'll be 0 3 soon. I mean, D- Dino, I think he, I'm really pleased to have him, right? Because he offers some attacking threat. He looks a real threat. Yeah. And, and I mean, if Charleston gets penalties, that's going to change things. No one really knows if Hamez is going to get them or, no. um, or, or Richarlison. I think it'll be Richarlison. Owning Richarlison is real fun as well, I think. He's such a kind of loose cannon. He can do anything. He can pull a worldie out of nowhere, gets on the end of crosses. He's a real fun player to own and watch when you've got him in your team. Unless Calvert-Lewin's um, banging in hat-tricks. Yeah, but the Calvert-Lewin <laughs> thing, I mean, like the, if Che Adams had some of the luck that Calvert-Lewin got in that game, Not Adams that. would be on three or four goals by yeah, now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, it's just one of those things. We'll see what happens at Palace. I think... I think we talked about Evans' fixtures. They really are the acid test for them. If they come out of the next three and they still look good and those assets are still getting ownership, then, yeah, I might have to have to backtrack and, and take a look. Rodriguez at is still the one that I, I think I want out of the three just because he is that. I just love that kind of player who's just involved in everything, you know, taking the corners, you know, not taking all the free kicks because Dean's still on them, but just so involved in and around the penalty area. He he wasn't involved in the first half that much, though. Did you notice on the right wing, he didn't really have much of a kick to Mm. begin with. And then when he started drifting in, he was just devastating. Well, that's it. When they they start getting him on the ball, that's when things start happening. As soon as they started getting him more central and, 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 you know, pulling the strings, that's when... That's when Everton started scoring all the goals. Yeah, but so. yeah, MacArthur and McCarthy, they're not going to let that happen, are they? That's the thing, right? Uh, Hodgson, agricultural challenges, yeah, early we doors. Laugh, but, yeah. We laugh, but I mean, I, I can't believe Palace. I cannot believe, like, you know, I mean, Sacco coming back, he's been out for how long? Good player. And he, he I don't know, and he puts in a performance like that. The thing is, he was actually dreadful when he came back the last time. Yeah. He was really bad. Palace fans were saying they didn't want him in the team because he was that bad the last time he came back. But... They've got Coyote, Coyote at centre-back with him as well. How's, how's this working? I write, I, write, I, write, I write him off every year. Every year I write him off, I get so much stick for it on Twitter because obviously I'm a Brighton fan, so I write him off and then every year Hodgins just gets them playing. I, I think like do. I think Sacco's like Ledley King. I bet he doesn't train. He just turns up for the match mm. break. Goes because he, he's knackered, isn't he? Cigar in mouth. Yeah, he's I, definitely he, not as good as Ledley King, though. Well, okay, but he, you know he's one of those players who's so injury prone. They he probably can't train anywhere near the same intensity. But when he's in the team, he makes a hell of a difference to their defence. And and we we said, didn't we? Old oh, Palace, uh, they're going to get routed because they've got injuries at the back. But when you throw Sacco in there, he makes up for mm. the absentees because he's. Yeah. He's such a monster. He's a leader at the back as well, and he—he's you know—he gets the BPS. We know that as well. So it's all about him. It, it, the ball just gravitates to him, and he, he clears the lines and, and helps them get clean. How, how do they keep managing to find these four million? I mean, I don't know. I know they don't say they're four million. But I was going to say I don't think. <laughs> but yeah. like one Pesaka at four million comes in, and Mitchell. I mean Mitchell. I mean I got him in thinking he, he might do all right for a few weeks. He's, he he's looks absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant player. Like. I mean, getting that assist against United was just ridiculous because you wouldn't expect him to get anything from that game. I mean, you know, two returns in two from a 4 million defender. It's like, mm-hmm. how does this happen every year? You get a Lundstrom or a Wambasaka or, you know, whoever whoever it is. It's um, He's a great, he's a great option. When their fixtures turn oh, yeah. better, he's, he's going to be someone you want to play as well. Yeah, what happens Ferguson's when Patrick Van Arnold comes back? Yeah, he's I know. Keep, is, is, I, know. I mean, I'd personally play Patrick Van Arnold left wing, I think, because he's better yeah, going forward do. than he's defensively. Could but do. we'll see yeah. what... Roy does. It'll be got, a shame for him to take him out of the team. It got lots of options. And also, we're waiting for Ferguson to be fit. And then, you know, I can go alien to Ferguson and free up some cash. And we're all waiting because the fixtures really do turn for them as well. So, yeah. Palace are a gift to us, I think. I mean, they, mm. you know, Zaha's giving 
points that we didn't expect. Whether that will continue when when he moves, I don't think it will stay up front. Uh, I think Tom Pens as well now. With are you missing that one? Maybe he could be. Yeah, he could have them first. So I, I mean, think he's more likely to miss Pens and score on that. Yeah. Although that was a good one. Yeah. But he's also got Eze. Eze, how do you say his yeah, name? Eze. 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 Eze to try and get into the team as well. It's yeah. It's questionable there. I just want to give a shout out to Lacazette on this list, by the way. I think he's looked fantastic so far, but we're just never going to pick him, are we? Because he's too much. Yeah. 8.5 too much is money, too yeah. much. He's looked so good and he's, he is a good forward. Then you've got early subs for Nikita and you've got a Bamming in the team. So he's going to be one of those guys who's always there or thereabouts. So like in that fantasy mid-world that never quite make it to our team, but look good. No, unless I, unless I, Nketiah gets injured. Yeah. Which... You feel sorry for him, don't you? Because he's never really been a, a leading fancy asset. Yeah, he has no. been a, a class player, but he's been patchy last season. So. Do you remember when um, Emery used to like, just sub him at half time? <laughs> I, I owned him for a long period and he kept getting subbed at half time. It was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, that puts off, didn't it? That's what it is. No one yeah. wants to go there again. Not with yeah. Eddie about. Definitely not with Eddie about. Right, let's talk about pens again because. It's getting a bit silly, isn't it? And the, and this table, I mean, it's only two game weeks gone, but I looked back at the uh, total pens in the last episode. Um, so what I did this time is I looked to see how many pens there were in the first two game weeks. How did you get this stat? That's easy. Fantasy Football Scout's got the data. It's there to everyone. So, um, so effectively... That wasn't a deliberate plug. No, and that wasn't. I was Yeah, you just do custom tables, penalties faced, basically. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, as you can see here, though, look back to the previous years when we had eight and seven penalties. They were the years with the highest totals. Yeah. And so when you look at the fact we've had 13 so far, it's pretty, isn't it pretty certain we're going to have a higher total than 106? And if you look at, if you extrapolate that, we're looking at what, 120, 125? Surely yeah. not. I mean, my theory is that the referees are going to get together and go, look, this is getting a bit out of control. We've got to do something about it. But I don't know what they can do about it now because um, underneath this table is Dale Johnson's table. Dale Johnson, who writes for ESPN, has made this VAR and defensive handballs his kind of, his go-to thing at the moment. He's, he's doing a lot of threads on it in Twitter. He We talked about him last week. He posted this data from the various leagues to highlight just how much the Premier League has lagged behind in recent seasons. You look at League One, Last year, 31 penalties for handball. Bundesliga, 22, which actually went down. 57 in Serie A, 48 in La Liga, and we were down on 20. Mm. So we're miles behind. And now, apparently, FIFA have got onto the Premier League and said, look, you've got to be harsher. So we're going. To, the theory is we're going to catch up. That's penalties for handball as well. 57 penalties for handball in Serie A last season. It's and crazy. the penalties like we've been seeing, it's... Because, I mean, we were talking about, weren't we, Luke? Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you sent you sent a great message. It. Yeah, I mean, how how they can give a, a penalty for for something which hits your arm when yeah. you're you're in the middle of a running motion? Perhaps I'm a dinosaur, but at the end of the day, I just for me, a penalty in my mind has always been, you know, a misdemeanor has happened, something bad has happened, or you're about to score a goal in some way because a penalty is a it's close to a goal, isn't it? It's pretty much a goal, so. You know, yeah, there's some exceptional circumstances, but most of the time it's going to be like you've you've completely taken someone out in the penalty area. You've literally handled the ball and stopped it going into the goal like you are the goalkeeper, even though you're a defender. You know, that's the kind of stuff you should be getting penalties for. And right now you're just getting them from complete lottery. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just bouncing off of people and hitting them in their arms when they're not even in an unnatural position right. and they're giving them for a penalty. For me, 
that is just luck. I mean, you can do all the research you want on who's going to get a clean sheet in this game, X, Y, Z. All it takes is that to happen and it's suddenly out the window. It's just really annoying that they're going to give them for that. All we can do is pick penalty takers, I well, guess. That's it. I that's don't it. like it. Yeah, I, that's, know, that's, that's the strategy, isn't it? You but we don't want that, do we? We don't no, want we it don't to be that. that no, simple. it's not football. No. Because for me, right, let me just go down this, this thread a little bit. There are certain teams that spend a lot of the game in the opponent's penalty box. Man City stand out straight away. I think Sterling had the most touches of any player in the opponent's penalty box. Right? They're basically camped out in some games. So for me, just on, on this alone, for the handball penalties, they're more likely to get more of these because they're yeah. the balls in the box more often. So straight away, I'm thinking, well, De Bruyne's going to hit 10, 15 penalties here to his normal tally that he's going to get of his outfield goals and his assists and everything else. We're suddenly looking at, you know, if he, he stays fit, you're potentially looking at record points for someone like that, I think. I genuinely believe that Man City could be getting a penalty every other game the way it's going. Well, just just look at the way City, you know, when when Sace dived in and, and took out um, De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yeah. So that 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 came from nothing. Like that that ball into the box came so quickly. They get the ball into the box so quickly and invite those kind of challenges. So ignoring the handball thing, I think they're going to get they get penalties anyway because of things like that. You add in that rule as well. I completely agree. It's why I think De Bruyne is just, I think, you know, you, no one wants to use the word essential, but I don't see how you can not get have him because he's going to get yeah. monster halls wherever he plays. You couldn't. I mean, I, I went into that game against Wolves thinking, OK, I'm about 70-30 in favour of De Bruyne. Um, but then when I saw him perform as he did, it was all over. And the penalties are just another factor in his favour. And And... Yeah, you just you, you. I mean, Salah's the same, really. Can you go about Salah? We talked about you know doing um, doing shuffling the heavy hitters, but the boy. Once you've got the boy and Salah, that, you know they're going to get penalties in any mm. game. You can't look at fixtures and go, well, that's a hard game for for Salah, so I'm not going to play him, or I'm going to get rid of him and get and get another heavy hitter because he's got those penalties you in his favour. You do late Yeah, well, it's tricky for him. I think yeah. this has this has made it harder for him with those two now. Um, I just want to go back to these stats, for Dale Johnson, because. Um, Bundesliga went down from 38 in 2018-19 to 22 penalties for handball. And the theory is behind that, they're saying it went down because the defenders learned to adapt. Now, do we think there's a chance that that will happen? You know, we've we've had two weeks of it. Obviously, managers are surely saying to their defenders, right, do not put your arms, do not extend them from your body under any circumstances. So do we think there's going to be that's going to happen. That behaviour change is going to happen and it's going to slow it down. Well, it didn't happen in Serie A or La Liga. No. In Serie A, it went up from 37 to 57. In yeah. the Liga, it went up from 35 to yeah, 48. Yeah, but there's something about German efficiency meant they <laughs> yeah, learned. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, or maybe they're just a little bit more... Into, I mean, going on the basis of our defenders, I don't think we've got that many good ones in our league, to be honest. So I'd be surprised if they could adapt. Yeah, I mean, how no, can exactly. you adapt to some, some of those penalties? You could play them. There's no way you can adapt to some of them that they were given over the weekend. What can you possibly do apart from just have no arms? <laughs> cut them off. Well, because Stan's profile picture in FBL is in with no arms, so he's going to. Um, oh, is it? He's okay. probably going to be the best a- advantage. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to. All I know is it's a crazy variable that we didn't really see coming. Yeah. That it's definitely. I mean, we. It was rumored that it was going to be a factor. I didn't think we'd see it materialize after two game weeks. Like it's crazy. By this this time last season, there were only four penalties, and we've had thirteen. Yeah, that's astonishing. It um, is. Yeah, so I think if you, if you look, if you take this forward and you try to get penalty takers, but also look who is getting the ball in the box an awful lot. Yeah. So there's some teams like, for example, Burnley, they basically bypass the midfield and hoof it to wood every time, right? 
And then they basically hoof it around when they're in the box. So I don't want to be disrespectful. Harsh, very harsh. <laughs> I feel like Wood is who is a good goal scorer anyway, is going to end up getting, you know, he's going to be value. I mean, I think there's a there's a shout here to just go with a lot of these, like Morpai, you already saw the list here, these cheap strikers who are also on penalties, your Mitrovic, yeah. your Morpais, your Antonios, who potentially on all these guys. You can ignore the expensive forwards, go with them, and then you can have your Bruno Fernandes, your Kevin De Bruyne, and your Salah in midfield. And it, build a whole team of penalty takers, that's yeah, what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I started with five in my team. I didn't get any, but there we go. <laughs> <Of course laughs> other not. people did, like Salah. Oh, oh it's <laughs> funny, because I, I nearly tweeted, right, uh, Ollie Norwood and Mark Noble, anyone? You know, because they're not players you want to sign. But then neither of them turned up for game week two, so it's a good job well, I didn't tweet that. What's interesting now is that a lot of the, the old penalty takers like Noble or Jorginho and, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the five 5.5 midfielders you'd never consider getting in. Yeah, have lost their, yeah. yeah, they've lost their penalty duties now, a lot of them, to the strikers and to the players who you do want anyway. So, you know, like De Bruyne, for example, like if it's if it's going to be, um, I don't know, Rodri taking the penalty, like you can think, do I want to get Rodri and risk him? Maybe. But now it's De Bruyne, you're like, whoa, that's even... Yeah, yeah I'm, what is De Bruyne and Salah? To a player's price. I think you can add a million to a player's price if they take penalties yeah. now. If, there are, if it's Klitsch and he's 5.5, I think you can almost say he's a 6 or a 6.5. Like, yeah, exactly. If they get the penalties that we think they could. You look at Salah, there's no way he's a 12 million midfielder now, the way it's going to be for me. He is going to be... If they've got some kind of like um, threat outside of set plays and yeah. they're taking penalties, they've become an amazing... I mean, Jorginho is one of the highest goal scorers, <laughs> the scorers in the game, for the back of two games. Yeah, and now he's missed the penalty. Is 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 Werner going to take the next one? That'd be nice. So, so do you think? Nice. I mean, potentially Salah and De Bruyne could beat their points records on the yeah. back of this. I, I mean, think De Bruyne, De Bruyne will. Yeah, De Bruyne will. I it don't is, know how many penalties Liverpool will get, but you know, if they stay fit, I think there's there's every chance, right? I mean, De Bruyne's arguably in his prime right now, and and yeah, going to be so key to them. I mean, he's. We haven't seen the best of De Bruyne, I don't think, yet. I think he's just so well, That's good. a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah. That really is. Um, okay, prices. Do you want to rant about this then, Az? I'll bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't really got too much to rant about. I just... I Luke, Luke has, so he's, he's going to be the main rant. Is he ready but, um, to go? All right. Yeah. I just had, I just had a look through, because it is a bit weird, some of the, some of the things that are happening with, with prices this season. Um, and I know a lot of people make early moves to try and get in on on price rises. Mark, you you do that. You I love a bit of that. Yep, yep. A bit of that. Luke wildcarded early this season so that he could try and jump aboard and get some value out of some, eat some more value out of some of these players. And actually, when you look at it, it's it's a bit strange how little movement there's been in terms of these price rises, which makes me think, and it's complete guesswork, that there there is something happening behind the scenes with FPL maybe slowing down prices of players, locking prices of players, that kind of Jiggery thing. Jiggery-pokery going on, you reckon? Jiggery-pokery, yeah. Right. So so on my list, so just two two that I've got here. That I, so there's, there's there's quite a few examples, but I mean, um, James Rodriguez, perfect example, 7.5 um, million. He's had, since the start of the season, he's had 775,000 new owners and not gone up in price, which is which just is baffling and he's you know if, if, if people are using these these price rise websites like fpl statistics and fix and that kind of thing he's always you know well over the threshold yeah and then the next day comes around then he's back down to 80 90 so something's going a bit strange with that and then you've got um castan as well so he went up in price last night um he's up to 5.6 but he's had four hundred and fourteen thousand new owners since game week one so i would expect him you know he's had three assists already this season, I'd expect someone like a 5.5 million Leicester player to go up quite a lot, especially with that amount of sales, and, and hasn't. 
And then you look at some of the players who um, haven't been performing very well. So look at Werner. He's had a net sale of 671,000 people getting rid of him. Hasn't dropped in price yet. Yeah, I've been on the phone, haven't I? I've been on the blower. Yeah, it's all, it, it's all you. It's because you've got him in your team. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the rumours. Don't start um, that. I mean, Havertz as well. So Havertz dropped last night, um, but he's had nearly 500,000 sellers. Um, Martial. There's two interesting here. So Martial and Fernandez. This is what makes me think that there definitely had to be some kind of lock on United and City players because Martial and Fernandez have both actually had a net increase um, of, of players since the start of the season. So people were buying them in after game week one. Um, they've actually, Fernandez is halfway to a drop and Martial's three quarters of the way to a drop despite Martial having 150,000 net new owners and Fernandez having 252,000 new owners. So there's something, obviously... Yeah, something was done with them because they missed game week one. Yeah. Right? So they, they were treated differently because I think all the pricing tools had to do something to tweak the algorithm with that. I mean, it's a dark art, isn't it? And I and I kind of put a thread on Twitter about should they lock prices for the first few weeks? And it got a lot of replies, some in mm. favour, some not. Um, Luke, go on then. You, you want to have a go about this, don't you? You can't wait to get started. So you're you're against the rises, are you? I mean, it's, it, it, is, um, it is making us make decisions that perhaps we wouldn't have made if they weren't yeah. so volatile? I guess mine's personal because, I mean, it's for me, in my mind at least, it's forced my decision to wildcard because I had so many people dropping. I mean, I wanted Ings against Spurs, but I wasn't going to do it because I didn't want to absorb the drop, for example. And, you know, it's part of the game. You just have to accept it. For me, I just feel like, you know, they part of me just wants the game to stay how it was. It's you know, it's been great for a long time. You don't want to mess with something that isn't broken. But then, then they started adding these chips and stuff, which I didn't really like either. Um, so mm-hmm. why not now bring it to 2020 and at least be, you know, open about what's going on? In I think some that's way. that's the that's the key thing with me is that do you do you both think that the game would benefit if there was a bit more transparency around how these things work? And, I, and I'm not saying everything has to be available to everyone. So you know, it, it doesn't have to be a number, and if it hits a certain number, you know they're going to drop it. Because I think. Like you've said, Mark, they they want to keep a bit of that, you know, so they can have the right to to do certain things. But at the same time, I think something like locking the City and United players, I don't really know why they couldn't have said that at the start of the season to stop. It would have massively benefited a lot of us because a lot of us have made decisions and made early transfers based on the fact these guys are going to rise. They've never come out and said it either way. So, you know, these tools could just be inaccurate at the end of the day. But, Mm. you know, in the past, they've been very, very accurate. So that's hard to believe. But... I just feel like there should there should now be a system. I mean, it really does put off new players. You've introduced someone to FPL and then you try yeah. to explain the price rise, the sale, yeah. you only get half your price when you go back. I mean, I've introduced a couple of people this season that I'm trying to explain how to play the game. They shouldn't be listening to me. I just want to put that out there, Troy. But in terms of the price rises, that's where I've lost them every time. I've just said, look, don't worry about that. I'll let you know if you need to make a transfer. Don't, don't worry about that, but it is quite crucial to the game. <laughs> yeah. when, you know what I mean, that's the problem. Exactly, but to be honest, I know that was part of my lessons learned, wasn't it? I need to not worry about it so much because I worry about it too much. So I just feel like there needs to be a system in place. I think like if it was like on Friday, people rose and you knew who was going to rise and they didn't do it throughout the week. And, you know, it was like a star system. I think I talked to you about before. So you don't even need to know the numbers behind it. They could just be like, you know, one, two or three stars, depending if they're going to rise 0.1, 0.2, 0.3. And you can see, you know, on Friday at deadline, when it locks, Werner will be 7.2 after this point. So are you going to get him or are you not going to get him? At least it's transparent in some way. You know it's going to happen. It doesn't force your decisions, you know. You could make the transfer and get the money and, and not think he's even going to do well in that game, you know, or vice versa or whatever. But I just don't like the way now I, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and 
you know, if they have tweaked it in some way off of the norm, then that's just frustrating. Because I think, like, like, like I was saying, like, I, I, I like price rises. I like the fact that you can, it adds an extra element of strategy to the game. So you can make your moves early and, you know, run the risk of getting Martial at 9 million, even though, because you know he's going to go up 0.2 because he's just scored a hat trick, for example. So I very nearly, when Son scored all those goals, I nearly dumped Havertz and got Son because I knew Havertz was going to go down and Son was going to go up 0.2. And so immediately thinking, oh, that's a 0.3 difference. So there's a, there's a strategy element to it. It's not always the right move, but it at least it gives you that sort of option to do it. Whereas mm. other people want to wait until the end of the week because then you see about injuries and you see about, um, you know, tactics and like Pulisic getting a knock in, you know, you might not get that till the press conference. So there's different ways of playing the game with price rises. But I, I do definitely think there should be, the fact that people are relying on these, other systems to kind of guess price rise and stuff. It doesn't seem right to me. I'm sure there must be a better system that they could come up with, which would just give people a bit more indication as to whether when certain players are going to rise. Yeah, we have or this. We have this every season. It. Yeah, with, with, even if even if they're going to keep it, that I think they should have said that these guys are locked. If they are, if that's the case, yeah. if they are locked, because that's been massive for a lot of people. You know, panicking to get Man City, and and rightly, I mean, De Bruyne. Look how good he was. Look how amazing he was for that game we won, and and people want him in their team. He's the highest but, scorer last season. I mean, sh- surely the only reason Rodriguez hasn't gone up in price is because he's a new signing. Right? I don't, I don't know if that's a factor. I mean, but the thing is, when you say they should be informing people about the lock, when you start saying that, you've got to, that un- unravels a whole load of other stuff. It's like, what's a lock mean? What do you mean lock? Lock what? Yeah, I, and, yeah, and it's I understand. Like, when you start pointing to the price rises you have to unravel a whole load of other instructions and explanations and they don't want to get into that so i can absolutely see why but the trouble <laughs> the way i look at it is people are saying on twitter on my friend saying well it's it, it makes the game too easy but in game design if you've got something which is kind of hidden to the player and coaxes the player into making mistakes you play video games that's not great game design right the principles of that because there's no doubt about it we make errors as a result of being Mm. um prioritizing price rises and falls not every manager does it i certainly do right so fair play to those who don't know notice and i'm not saying that i'm right but it is i think it's a factor in every manager's mind at some point in the season this player's going down or this player's going up and you think about it right and it can you can it let it be, guide your decision not, yeah I think. and so i don't think a hidden mechanic should have that level of influence Power, on the yeah. players yeah right yeah. it wouldn't happen in other game design right but the problem is the hardcore like us have got used to it and whereas we're saying okay to welcome new players they should do something about it a lot of the hardcore don't want to touch it because they feel that it's their domain. It's like their secret mm. ownership of this. They understand it. They can use it. And I totally get that because that happens in game design as well. So I think the FPL are in a difficult spot now. They don't want to change it and upset this loyal hardcore. Uh, at the same time, they're still getting new players. The game is still growing. So why mm. why bother? Leave it as it is. That's going to be their attitude, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, the, don't see him changing it. No, nor do I. And I mean, you know, like like it's chemo says in the chat. Feel is too full of luck. I think that the the price rises add in another element of luck to it. Because if mm. your player can somehow survive until the end of the week, even though he's sold like even like Werner, for example, has got rid of seven hundred thousand owners, and he's somehow managed to survive a price drop to the end of the week, and then you can sell him on the Saturday for the for the same price. Nothing to do with me, honestly. But I have a track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but why don't you say the casuals will just completely ignore all of this, right? And sometimes be better off for it. But then you're saying the very top managers are the ones who manage to get this out of their mind also ignore it and go, so 
we're in this well i'm certainly in this middle ground where i let it influence me too much so yeah i, I appreciate it's my own fault but sometimes it can really affect, you don't want to start the season with 33 points and you know 99.4 million for a team <laughs> that especially, could have happened to you exactly yeah. especially with a um it's you know, all a season where you want all of these very and there's so many good players i want to, as far as i'm concerned i need as much money as possible because there's so many bloody good damn options all over the place this, this season's <laughs> definitely different in terms of these i mean I, I i'm sure that previous seasons have been more volatile in terms of players going up and down than this it does feel like something's you know, again, completely not based on anything, but it does feel like there is definitely something that's stopping certain players going up and down. And you like you liken it to games, Mark. There, but what happens in games is usually the hardcore do go on the Reddit and say, "We want this from the patch notes. We want this transparency for this." And and you know, that's basically what we're doing, I guess. It would yeah. just be nice to know. I know that you're saying it's hard and it's, it's difficult to explain a lock and all this stuff, but my argument is it's hard enough to explain price rises to someone who doesn't mm. know what's going on. I tell you what, so, when I worked for the Premier League, I had to try and explain the game to new players, and it's not easy. If they said to me, right, can you write some articles about the price rises? I'd be like, you're joking. I'd be like, <laughs> so, so I can see what task there is ahead, right, if they do that. And I just don't, I just don't see them doing it. I love this image of you, though, that a lot of people have got of you like on a big like uh, Julius Caesar type throne going mm, Rodriguez no price rise today <laughs> it's in the shed that's why I have to record down oh here. yeah that's true yeah 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 I it's <laughs> I don't know it, it, it's all it's all about I mean it's part of the fun I guess it's part of the appeal of the game it's like yeah, bon- we'll suck it up it's we'll like the bonus yeah. points right bonus points we have a moan about we haven't done it this season yet strangely surely that's coming up someone mm. getting bonus when they shouldn't have done or we feel they shouldn't have done so it's you know it's part of the beauty of the game i guess so yeah but we'll come back to this i'm sure it'll be a topic we look at later yeah. in the season and again sure. next season i'm sure but okay let's look at the fixtures let's start looking ahead um game week three then should we, should we go through these quite quickly brighton united last season that was very one-sided i'll come to you as because you'll probably have a very pessimistic view of how that's going to go but brighton at newcastle Hugely impressive, I thought. Really, yeah, impressive. it's it's the best I've seen us play for sure. Uh, Lamptey is a doubt, which is a oh, worry. He's quite good, um, isn't he? Did you mention Lamptey yeah, before? Um, I think he's. I think fifty million again was too low. I'm putting <laughs> up to sixty, seventy now. Uh, if he's out and Basuma's out, I'm I'm concerned because right. our midfield is is a lot stronger with Basuma in it. Uh, Stevens is now on his way out, so. Uh, it, yeah. I'm not really sure who'll come in to be honest Stevens oh. to Burnley that's the most Burnley like transfer isn't I've it? ever heard <laughs> isn't it I know it's, it's beautiful it's beautiful oh, he's he is he's a he's not a great player he, he's he's a player who has a job in the team and does it well but I'm not too sad to see very him diplomatic that is yes yeah. it was yeah I do I, I, I do like that series. Um but I, I think we I think we're going to struggle with United to be honest I mean I, I was there at Old Trafford last year and they tore us apart with, and they had, you know, Pereira in and other Robbie, that they weren't anywhere near <laughs> Jesus. As, as strong as they are now. I think Lingard might even have played. And they just tore us apart. It's the pace, the pace just got, got and, and we, 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 we don't, we're not going to sit back like Palace. We, we, you know, we push, we're going to push players forward and there's going to be gaps to exploit. And it's not, I don't think it's going to be very pretty, to be honest. So I'm expecting a United win, unfortunately. Luke, you going for that? No, I suppose it's just being a fan, isn't it? I mean, after our first performance, how can I back us in that game? I mean, we need, it depends which players we've got coming back, I guess. And I have to hope that we had a rocket up our ass because we were terrible. Um, I don't know. I feel like the onus will be on to us to try and attack. But Brighton are very good at keeping the ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's a 1-1, something like that. Um, 
believe me, with Bruno in my team and Martial in my team currently, I really hope it's not that. But uh, being the early kickoff as well, there's always that thing in my mind mm. where it's just going to be a washout mm. for my team. It is funny because Bright- Brighton, Brighton are seen as a nice fixture, aren't they? They're seen as like their team that can let you play, and with, if you can open yeah. them up, you really will open them up. And they don't score a lot of goals, don't they? Only scored around forty goals last season. They've done that for quite a while since they've been in the league. They don't the, score an the, awful lot. The biggest problem with Brighton is that, like, and I said, I said it last week, we've got mistakes. We've got mistakes in, like in the team. Like we we can we play so well for long periods, and then something happens, and it's why I think the best team. For, yeah, yeah for like half an hour. It's, it's why I think United is is, a, is such a bad game because the pace of the, the front three can exploit defensive mistakes and slips. If and we're we going to be up far up the pitch. I'm, I don't know. I'm worried about this one. Yeah, we didn't have much movement in the first game. The energy clearly wasn't there. So I, I yeah, depends how hard they've worked on the training pitch. We we should win on paper at the end of the day, but. Yeah. I'm not confident. Bruno, penalty incoming. Palace Everton, we spoke about. I think this, as I said, a bit of an acid test for Rodriguez and so on. Um, I I still, I think, oh, I don't know. It's a very difficult one to call because Palace are surprising us all, aren't they? Um, I, I do think Everton might get a result there by 1-0, actually. I think they'll, they'll, they'll go yeah. in that a win. Sounds about right. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. Have you seen Pickford in goal? I think they'll concede yeah. a goal. One-one. Yeah. I mean, M- Mina was shocking in the last game as well. P- Pickford's got some stick, but Mina, if he backs up anymore, end up in the car park. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he, his defending was awful in that game. Michael Keane's not much better. I, I feel like the way Palace are playing. I mean, they're, again, they're another team who average around forty goals a season. Very low scoring Palace, but. I can't see them not scoring the way they're playing at the moment. Mm. Like those three at the bat, I think they'll get a goal. Damn, you're 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 ruining my Dina clean sheet there. Yeah. Uh, West, <laughs> West Brom Chelsea, surely only one way. I mean, oh, God. especially Two. after tonight, if Havertz got the hat trick, is that confirmed? By the way, yeah, that's it confirmed. is. Oh. Yeah, mm. I mean, I'm very happy with with that with that now because I'm just thinking if if Havertz can get something against West Brom, and then it looks like Pulisic and Chilwell and and um, Ziyech are coming in, he's going to suddenly be really good. Be really quick if he's got some confidence back so I've gone from I saw him starting today and I was worried about it it's actually Andy who who sort of said yeah it's good he only got 45 minutes the other day so it's good that he's getting some minutes and I was like okay yeah but I was thinking if he blanks in this game against Barnsley um it's not exactly gonna make me feel very confident about him going forward but I'm feeling quite good about him now yeah, I think you should be. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried actually. Uh, I kind of think that. I mean, I, I haven't seen the game, so I don't know what the goals were like. But if he has, Tom, I mean, Tom in the chat is bloody Barnsley. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's true. He's got a good point. He's got. But then let me yeah. have some optimism. But it's bloody God's West sake. Brom. It's bloody West Brom. <laughs> Ross Barkley scored as so. Yeah, yeah, don't get carried away. Yeah, we'll see. You got to think Chelsea, Burnley, Southampton. I I think uh, he'll turn it round here. I think they'll get results, Southampton. I mean, the high line, Chris Wood's really? not going to trouble the high line, is he? They haven't got any pace up front, really, Burnley. So, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I and I think that the pressing game, I just Burnley aren't good enough on the ball, and I think they will. They will nick a couple. I think they won there last year, Southampton. I I fancy them here, and surely Adams gets his goal. That's what I want uh, more than anything is Adams' goal. So I'm going two 0 Southampton. Wow. They still got um, Tokowski out, I think, as well. So yeah. big miss at the back for them. Uh, I, I, I just can't see Southampton keeping a clean sheet, though. I'll, I reckon it's no. McCarthy's one... got to go, hasn't he? McCarthy's got to go for me, and everybody else. Is, is, is there not an argument to say that you know Ralph might sort of look at that game that happened and say like we're not going to play that high no, line? No, no, he will play it. He'll stick to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he should yeah. in this game for the reasons you just yeah. mentioned about mm. Wood and stuff, but. You know, there's part of me thinks that maybe he'll try and address it, but probably not because he just seems Eric so. Peter's going to have a field day. 
Yeah, Eric <laughs> Peters Field Day. Yeah, we're looking for. <laughs> honestly, on Chris Wood, I listened to the Scoutcast. We can't pick on Chris Wood because as absolutely roasted him in that on Tuesday, didn't you? I I like I like Chris Wood. Don't get me wrong. No, he's, yeah, a, he's a decent striker, but this is a season when you've got unprecedented amount of options. And if you're using a spot on your team for Chris Wood, I think you've got. I you must be the most them. boring person I've ever honestly, met. Honestly, there, Chris a... Wood's a decent player, man. Yeah, he, he is. He just completely buoyed off those defenders the other day. Oh, He's my an absolute God. beast. It's Burnley. They've got no squad. They've got no. I'm sorry. There's better options. I, I, what I can see coming, Wood. I can see a double game week coming and the triple captain ship, and you're going. I'm going to have to put it on Wood like I did Andy Carroll a few no, seasons. That's back. different. If he's got a double game week, I just yeah. think I'd rather Foden. Foden at six point five. I'd much rather yeah. have Foden than Chris. Yeah, Wood. good point. Sheffield United Leeds. That's got nil nil written all over it. Yeah, but Leeds so. surely not. Leeds. Leeds just seem to have this chaotic streak about them. I, I was watching them against Fulham and Fulham were out of it completely. And Leeds just went, oh, I'll leave the back door open. There you go, have a couple of goals. And it was like, what are you doing? I mean, Fulham didn't look like scoring and they just let them back into the game. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand it. I, what, when I was watching that game, I was watching Leeds defending around the penalty area and they just seemed to have so much space, Fulham, mm. to, to kind of try and make things happen. And they weren't yeah. really good enough to do it, but then kind of were towards the end of the match. But if they afford that space to teams in other matches yeah but Sheffield United City City next week I know that's the big one I mean I think if you're looking for the next hat trick I reckon it could come for City at at Mm. Leeds but Sheffield United Leeds looking at a one or maybe something like that it's going to be I I don't think it's a derby right it's going to be a lot of passion in that game there's a high they're both high energy teams though yeah yeah, I suppose it's just whether they can put it in the back of that. But Bamford's managed to do it the last so yeah. far, which I'm surprised about. Defying yeah. the XG. Um, Spurs, Newcastle. Do we think Sun's going to carry really on? Really low scoring, I reckon. Do you? 1-0, one 1-0 one Spurs. Yeah. I can't... I, can't, I don't... Nothing I mean, for Son. I'm putting it out there now. No. Nothing for Son in that game. No, he'll go back to being <laughs> hugging the touchline probably and, and we'll see Spurs having to figure out a defence rather than like help themselves like they did against Southampton. Newcastle are not going to be anywhere near as obliging, are they? So. No. Yeah, I, I think Spurs will still do it, though. City-Leicester, right, this is interesting because we're all getting De Bruyne in and we're going to get to captains in a bit. Breaking but... news as well, Ndidi could be out uh, for blow. six to 12 weeks. Yeah, but Evans could Evans could be back uh, in defence. Yeah, but Ndidi out is a massive... Yeah, Ndidi in midfield, if that's where he goes back to. Um, you think City are going to win this, but is there going to be a, a glut of goals? Yeah. You do feel, <laughs> yeah. All right. Play anything like they did against Wolves, three or four 0 Really, you think? Yeah. That's the. I mean, they, when did they think they finished sixth last season, didn't they? They just conceded two to Burnley at home. Yeah, they did. I mean, I mean, everyone thought Leicester were going to struggle at the beginning of the season because they had a lot of players out and they didn't look great um, in lockdown. Um, and they've started well, so it's a surprise. But they've also had easy games, so it's a very hard one to judge. I think that's the problem. Um, I'm I think this... KDB in this for this one. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I, yeah, I think City should probably win, but I don't know whether it's going to be a route or not. I think they might set up very defensively. Um, but... Yeah, Brendan Rodgers is a good manager. He's not going to let them lose four or five nil at City. I don't think he'd be able to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were they were incredibly thing. impressive, right? I've got to say. I mean, I haven't seen. I think that's the best I've seen City play for a long, long time. I couldn't really believe what I was watching, and and I think your comment about Wolves staying with them, any other team, it could have mm. been five or six. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just worry is like at the moment it doesn't look. I mean, Vardy seems to just have 
I mean, I know he's quite often like this, but he doesn't seem to have any threat from open play at the moment whatsoever. Mm. And it's like his legs have almost gone a little bit now. He is obviously getting on. I know careful, we say this all careful. the time. Yeah, I know. Writing him off. Yeah. But they but Barnes is very much the threat from open yeah, play for me is. on there. Yeah. And then um they sometimes put Inyacho in there to help Vardy out. And I don't think they're gonna do that in this game. So um I think you'd be looking at Barnes really for the goal there. Yeah, I don't see it. Apart yeah. from a penalty, which again we say all this, you could just get three penalties in the game for Ramble. So they got two lovely games after this, Leicester, West Ham and Villa, mm. I think. Um at home, both at home, both two home games. So Barnes is his yeah, well, like, you don't have to remind me. You don't have to remind me. <laughs> I got there first. Like, I guess because I've had Podence, you can have Barnes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but at least we'll yeah. swap out we'll Yeah. Uh, West Ham West Ham Wolves, that's only going one way, isn't it? It's just a just a question of the margin of victory, I think. Do you not David think? Moyes won't be on the touchline because he's got no, coronavirus. Diop won't be in defence. So, oh, it's going to be a bloodbath, isn't it? I don't think it'll be a bloodbath. I think Wolves are just settled for a 2 0, but I think they're, they're going to manage well, that West game. West Ham do have a knack, though, don't they, of turning up in games you don't expect them? It's kind of the West Ham thing. Do rubbish and then do yeah. good in games you don't expect. I don't know. Yeah, Wolves should win it, shouldn't they? But I don't think West Ham might score. That Suchek goal's coming eventually. Maybe Wolves will be a QZB bit. QZB Robs, yeah. do we think the game's in, in any danger of not playing? I, I, not that what we're hearing at the moment. I think it's going to have to be an extensive spread of that across the West Ham ranks before the postponement. I mean, they played, didn't they? They even played. Yeah. They had the confirmed case and still that game went ahead. But. It's a reminder that we can't be complacent. We've got yeah. to have people on the bench. I've got a good bench, but Suchek's on it, so that's no use to me whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, Fulham Villa, well, this is obviously the Grealish hat-trick, but apart from that, do you <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think Villa will win it. Big game for Fulham. I think that's, if all the games, even though Fulham can't don't look like defend that well, I feel like that could be nil-nil. Nil nil? Yeah, could oh, be. Oh, I don't could, know. No, Villa will get to one. Score, but are quite solid now, I think. And they haven't been that good away last season. I'm Fulham, for, as I'm you said, is pass it about at home. I'm going to go for a Fulham win. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember yeah. what Villa did to Norwich. I don't think they're going to do that, but I think they're going to win 2-0. I, I think they're going to win. I hate I had McGinn in that game. Did you? Nothing. Yeah. I think uh, Mitrovic will struggle against Konsa and Mings. I think yeah, that's the kind yeah. of... They're not going to give him much. They're the kind of centre-backs that could do well against Mitrovic. Yeah. I mean, but Villa are terrible away most of the time. That's the yeah, point. but... The, they get the zero keepers, clean sheets away last season yeah, or something? Yeah, but the Maybe keepers one. make a difference, right? I and mean, already Martinez has instilled confidence in mm. them. You can see it. Like When you've mm. got a good keeper behind you, I've seen it with my own team, Forrest, as soon as you get a decent keeper, the defence suddenly starts looking a lot better. And you don't know why, but... They're not on edge. They're not anxious. They know the keeper's mm. behind them, and he's you know. And Martinez is a is a very very decent keeper. They were unlucky last year with, with Heaton, weren't they? Because yeah, they bought they a good were. keeper last yeah. year and got injured. Yeah, I, I think Villa then, and then the big one, Liverpool, Arsenal. Again, it's like Man City, Leicester. Do you think? Yeah, I don't see a route there at all. No, maybe two two one, Liverpool. Arsenal are very good against the big teams. They are. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I wouldn't know how, where to call this, really. I think it could be... Maybe even 1-1. One, one. I'll go for 1-1. One, one. Well, in the last two games, Arteta's game's in charge of Arsenal. They've beaten them and taken them into extra time and beaten them on penalties. So, yeah. mm. so he's beaten yeah. them twice. I, I'd, I'd go like... I think Arsenal will score. They just seem to have that knack of doing that in these kind of games. Uh, so. You know what's going to happen? It's, it's exactly what um, Bambayang Bambi is yeah. going to outscore the point because it's yeah. the move everyone's making. And you just yeah. know, and then he's got Sheffield United at home next week. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, maybe I Well, Liverpool do push up and have a high line, don't they? And Arteta knows that, especially at home. No, so I, I, I feel like they're going to be breaking through occasionally. So a couple of handball penalties coming <laughs> to Arsenal or Bambayang. <laughs> nah, I'd say 2 1, 3 1 Liverpool, but it could. Arsenal are good in these games now. I think they're really hard to call. I'll go 1-0 Liverpool. I think it'll be tight, Ooh, but I'll yeah. set up for 1-0. Okay, let's start looking ahead to game week three. Let's bring your team up. Um, 
as so you've made your you've made your changes made here. Move. Yeah, yeah, they're all done and dusted. All done. Yes, yeah, so De Bruyne's in for Bamiyang. Obviously, I don't think my team looks too bad this week. Um, my my biggest my biggest problem was Havertz and whether to keep him, and I feel like I can now because he's got a hat trick. Um, ben Davies is is probably my biggest worry because obviously they've signed a new uh, left back, Reg. Regulian, I don't know how you pronounce it. It must be more Spanish. I'm not even going to try it. I'm still struggling with Bobby. Regulian, Regulian, whatever it is. Uh, so it's it's just whether Davis can have one more game. If I get one more game out of him, um, the Europa League match will be interesting tomorrow. I think if Davies plays tomorrow in the Europa League, I will probably bin him, um, and I could get. I, I really want Semedo, so I would probably look to do Semedo in if I could. He's not uh, going to play at West Ham, though, is he? You reckon he's going to come straight in? Yeah, true. And maybe he'll say in the press conference, no, he needs time. He needs yeah, to yeah. definitely needs time. So that's your signal to get him yeah. straight in. Yeah, I mean, mate, you know, the, the he he's the one I want kind of long term. So if, if if I don't get him, then I probably won't make the move. Um because I've got Mitchell coming in. Good old I Mitchell. Think, yeah. yeah, good old Mitchell. So yeah, but next week my team's looking a bit more dodgy. <laughs> so uh that's gonna be the test of the wild card. Resolve, I think. But. So here's here's one for you. How long before Havertz starts becoming a captaincy consideration for you? Well, he, I mean, he's still very much on my sell list. So is he? If he, right. if, he bl- if he blanks against West Brom, I don't think I can keep him. I hate it when people say he's dependent on last week's scorer for the transfer. I hate that so much. He's, well, got, be, a great, be, right? he's got a great run coming be, up. Be, he's yeah, in the three, team and playing number 10. Chelsea's got great fixtures. Suck it up, man. Three, three, <laughs> three blanks in a row, though, and there's so many other options. Because Pulis- I, could, I, could, I could move him to Pulisic yeah, but, if, he's, but, if he's fit. Or, we've already yeah. seen what happens It's the price drop, isn't it? You're, you're doing it again. It's the price drop. Well, I've already taken the price drop. Now, oh, so I, feel, I feel okay. a bit less. I feel a little bit less better. I don't know. I'm. I could move my team. The trouble is, next week, my team is looking... Weaker. My defense is looking weak, so I could yeah. I could move Havertz out, get in Foden, and then beef my defense up a bit. So I don't really know. I'm happy. I'm happy this week. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, let's move on to my team. Um, done my transfers also. Uh, so Podence has come into midfield to replace Sam Maximan, who. I think everyone feels like they've been. I don't know how you fell for that one. Mark. Yeah, I know. I'm not the only one. I mean, the thing is, I did yeah. look. I looked at the data, and the data looked good because I was going Armstrong. But then it's good about yeah, rubbish. Off post restart, he was one of the worst uh, under seven million midfielders for expected goals. He was like right in the. Yeah, ball. but I look at the other data as well, and he, he, oh, he the had the data. Well, I'm not just expecting, yeah, the special data. But I only, yeah, I think I'm in the Premier League. Can I have that other? Da- yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, but it's like it's not just about expected goals. I mean, like touching no, the box, shots not. and shots in the box, stuff like that. And and I was comparing to Armstrong because he was the five point five that I was going for. And then Armstrong got injured anyway. It made it easy. So I think that injury just convinced me. Oh, I'm going to say Max when I can't think about it anymore. I'd reached the threshold of thinking about my team. And uh, I'm not, I mean, we all fell for, well, not all of us, but a lot of good managers fell for it. So part of the, I know Podence is a, is a risk and he may not be in the team regularly in a two or three weeks, but he's going to give me a couple of weeks and he looks very, very good player um, and good fixtures. And so I might, uh, Grealish and Podence might be players that I swap around. Um, because what I've done, I've got that defence set up. That I don't have to change. I mean, James seems to be settled now. So with Dean, James, Robertson, and Alexander Arnold in defence, I can leave that alone, and I can play four at the back or three at the back. Bring Suchek in when I need him to change the formation up, and swap Grealish and Prodence around. Adams is the problem. If Adams doesn't start soon, 
he's going to have to go. I've taken one drop, but that's because I'm thinking I can go Adams to Antonio with a 0-5 I've got in my bank eventually. I don't want to do that yet because Antonio's fixtures are still bad and Adams has got West Brom the week in game week four. Mm. So he, he needs that goal at Burnley. If he gets that goal at Burnley, it's happy days for me. I'm really... I feel like I'm in a good spot then. But if see, it you're just like me and Hubbard. You're mocking me, but it's all about the next game. See? I'm optimistic, though. I mean, just off the back of a terrible game week, I still look at that team and think, oh, I'm really happy. It looks good that. to me. Yeah. It's good. I know. It looks good. When Adams quite. doesn't score and Shane Long comes in against West Brom, how upsetting is it? Isn't it? Our teams, four players the same, the rest different. So seven mm. differences. It's nice mm. to have that many. It is. For the sake of the show, it is good, isn't it? Otherwise, it would be very, very dull if you had the same team. Let's look at your wildcard team there, Luke, because I like this. I mean, look at the front line. Look at that. Look at him stroking my ego, waiting for me to fail again. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty happy with it. Basically, my consideration is, do I do Martial to Werner? Because I might captain him, as it looks like a pretty obvious move. Um, The thing is, I could see that could easily just backfire, because Martial's got a good game. So it's one of these vanity moves that could easily turn around and bite me. So I'm not sure yet because I could just captain Kevin De Bruyne. So that's kind of my decision um, as to what I do with that. To be honest, I really wanted Trossard and I was so close to getting him instead of Klitsch. And I just thought it's because of my love for the man that has has, um, has made me sort of be clouded. But is he not a good option this year? Yeah, I I looked at him. If I didn't go Pedence, I nearly went the extra up to six to get Trossard. Um, the, 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 big, the biggest issue with him was the fact that would he definitely start because he was yeah. sort of in and out and of the team quite a lot last well, year. So I just know I'll get the timing. But it's, it's interesting because we, we played two different formations um, and, 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 and kind of move, move the team around like Potter likes to do and he's stayed mm. on. So he can play up front, you know, mm. with, um, with Mope uh, like he did in the first game or in the second game, Connolly came in and he played in a different position. So that, you know, he's now adapting to the flexibility. So I think he's, he's going to play. He looks really sharp. I think, I think he's yeah. going to play. He's got some set so, pieces, likes a shot. Uh, he's he's a, in six million. He's, he's definitely on my watch list. Yeah. He's one of those. I'd still, I'd, still, I'd still rather have my pay though. Mm. Yeah, I suppose well, penalties come into it again don't yeah. they, with, that, with that scenario. So, yeah, I mean, that's part, part of my thinking. Is I prefer Trossard, but at the end of the day, Klitsch could get a load of penalties. And again, that's a silly move. So... I mean, if I was to redo this again, I'd definitely have Anguissa as my 4.5 midfielder. I thought he was phenomenal in that Fulham game. I know it's Fulham and he won't do that every week and get assists and stuff, but he just looked a very, very good player. So. What about Burke of Sheffield United? Yeah, oh, he's, no. I know a lot about him, and, no. you know, but he's <laughs> no. going to get rotated, isn't it? Of course, yeah, is. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah so I mean, Trossard, uh, Anguissa, sort of names that I probably may have changed. I may have gone Martinez instead of Leno. I was very close to doing that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it moving forward. And that's part of the reason why I did it is it's for a number of weeks, really. So for right now, I'm kind of set. I'm hoping to save a few transfers. The only thing is the one thing, will I do it or not? Um, I don't know yet. So you've got a transfer to use yet, have you, this week? No. So I took, I brought De Bruyne in because I had to keep Aubameyang for captain. Should have just had De Bruyne. He's yep. absolute Aubameyang, but again, not going to be doing that. Martial to, to run for a hit. Yeah, because he was oh. going to go down in price, remember? So apparently, but he still hasn't gone down. So I couldn't yeah. pick a wild card team with Werner in and see that him go down. Yeah, see, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> on the phone again. He's not gone down. Move. So I was waiting for him to go to 9.4 and then just buy him because I thought it would be worth it for, for the one-game punt on Martial at home to Palace. Cheers, Martial. I really like that team, Luke. Yeah. Same. Yeah, it makes me want to walk see, We're, we're, we're all optimistic. I reckon people yeah. tuned in expecting us to be down in the down in the mouth, really depressed well, about it. But it. yeah, but <laughs> I, I it's, look look at the red arrows on the screen there next to our names and those ridiculous ranks that I could barely fit in on the on the screen. 
I think I think we're going to get green arrows now. I think we're going to start going up. Oh, why did you spot Come said on, that. we've got to be positive, right? It was a it was an outlier. Game week two was a massive outlier. The swing that there was like no middle ground. You either did outstandingly well or very very badly, and we fell into that latter group. But I do think looking at our teams, we're going to be all right. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Come on, support group. Work Black with support me. Group. Yeah, exactly. we're all here for each other. Yeah, we've <laughs> got to be positive, and and then uh, you know, luck is part of this game, and we didn't get that variance. But I think that the sound, the decisions were sound enough in all cases. I look at my. The only thing I would have done different is obviously Grealish to Barnes. I wouldn't have got Grealish. I'd have got Barnes. But I had logic there, and the Fulham game is one of the fixtures I was looking at of it. So it's not over yet. So he could still, if he gets. 10, 13 points in that game and Barnes gets a blank at City, I'll be I'll be up on it. So let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's, Let, let's talk about captains. Um, this is the captain planner that we've been using. Uh, game week three, we've got three players highlighted here as players that we were going to consider going into this game week and they're still relevant. Salah at Arsenal, home to Arsenal, Werner away at West Brom and Kevin at uh, home to Leicester. Um, so... I'll go last, I think. Where's your where are you going? You going De Bruyne, Luke? Or are you going Salah or It's the it's on De Bruyne right now, but I I really don't know if I can go without Werner against West Brom having seen them play two games. <laughs> Which is you'd say it's too small amount of data, right? But everything suggests that they might get spanked. The only thing I'll add on that is in one of your other screenshots you had, Mark, is from open play, Chelsea's expected yeah. goals was actually really bad. Yeah. Really low. But one Damn, of those games have had 10 men, right? So... They look good though in either game. No, no, no. What, Chelsea? Oh, yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah 10 okay. men. And they played Liverpool, obviously, as part of it. So, yeah, I don't know. It... Part of me just says go De Bruyne is the best player in the league. He's going to get penalties like I've already discussed. It's They've looked fantastic. Why why take a hit for Werner when he could easily fail? Yeah, well, let's bring up some other stats here because this is the major points all so far in the season. And I've highlighted the promoted teams there. Obviously, they've conceded a lot of goals, so you'd expect to see them in here. But I'm just going to keep a record of this as we go throughout the season because this is based off the chat I had with Sever, who we mention every show. And don't worry, I'm going to tell you who he's going to captain oh, in a yeah, minute. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, Severt, Luke, if you didn't know, was the guy who had the best captain score in the whole game last season. And he very much said it's all about fixture. He doesn't care about form. He goes purely on the fixture. He identifies the teams. Love that. Yeah. And looking at this, you've got got to think, well, Fulham, Leeds, West Brom are prominent in this so far. They've figured heavily in the big halls so far. And I'm just going to track this as we go to see if that continues. And again, that's got to play on our mind when we're weighing up De Bruyne, Salah or Werner. Um, look, I mean, As, where are you at the moment? I'm on De Bruyne uh, just because I watched that Wolves game and I'm thinking City are looking so strong. Uh, I mean, Werner could go over to the left and have us through the middle. That'd be nice. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, Werner's got to a decent start. He's looked, he's looked good. He's looked quick. He's won two penalties already. Uh, and I do like this strategy of, 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 of doing that. But I, I just think at the moment, with, with City looking like they were, I just fancy that. So I'm I'm going against that because I'm going form over over fixture really. But I think with Ndidi with Ndidi out, that's really made my mind up now to, to stick with De Bruyne. Yeah, I mean if Evans is out as well because he's got he's an injury doubt, that is going to be a problem. But I mean I will show you some more data. I've still got some more up my sleeve. So this is defensive data, and I'm looking at um, expects his goal conceded. What I've done, I've looked back at Newcastle's away matches going back to lockdown and this season. 
Brighton's home matches because they're at home to Man United. Um, Newcastle are away to Spurs, of course. But I think we're discounting Son and Kane at the moment. And then Leicester is interesting. Leicester's five away games in lockdown and their one away game so far this season. Per match, their expected goals conceded is 1.3. So that's definitely better than Brighton's and, and Newcastle's. So 1.3, but it is City. You expect City to score more than one goal, don't we? So that's it. When I'm when I'm looking at stats, you kind of almost discredit the defensive stats against Liverpool and City just because yeah. of how how much better they are than all the other teams in the league. So I mean, I, I'm 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 pretty comfortable that City are going to score at least three games, three goals against. You Leicester. reckon three goals? Yeah, wow. at least. See, well, I suppose the other thing for this is there's only, I mean, there's just five games, isn't it, for some of them and six for the others. It's still just such a small amount. And obviously the number's always going to be close as a result. One point, it's only ever going to be sort of between one and two in that in that ratio there, isn't it? So, yeah, I think James I'm James Justin might be coming into centre, back into centre-back. James Justin at centre-back, that's not good. That's the talk, is not it? Hmm. Well, if, if Evans is a doubt and then Diddy's hmm. out. Yeah. Things we've seen this with City so often that, that suddenly Pep will change things or they'll just do something unexpected and just not play as well as they should. So that's always in the back of your mind that they're not this. They do Man City do this all the time. They look absolutely fantastic and then they just have a couple of strange games and strange results where things just you know stuff that Liverpool don't really do basically, and you just worry about that with City sometimes. Le- Leicester don't have a particularly good record against top sides today. I remember, I remember them last season when they were on a really good run. I think they lost to Liverpool and City. When they were playing, kind of at their best. Um, you know, guys got not captaining Salah. Then that's what I want to ask you. Well, home, no home no match, one's twelve million. Why yeah, are you not captaining? No, because of Arteta, I guess. I guess we think that Arteta is mm. going to set up. You know, I mean, we have seen the improvement, and like I said earlier, they have actually beaten Liverpool in the last under Arteta. Liverpool haven't beaten them yet. Uh, in the okay, so if you take the out league. the opponent, I mean, it's Salah at home with penalties, everything, yeah. you'd be captaining him 100%, yeah? So it's just the opponent. It's just I'm the just opponent. Well, because, I mean, I, I'm learning from the best. I'm learning from Severt, <laughs> who says, and I, I mean, in the first show, we looked at my captains, and I I think I'd captained a player against the top six five times, and he'd done it once. And I think I captained against the bottom six 15 times, and he did it 22 times. And so mm. I looked at that and thought, well, clearly... I'm being, I'm swayed by the player form rather than fixture. So this season, yeah. I'm trying to learn from that and go, right, I'm going with fixture, fixture alone. And I look at it and think Salah against Arsenal, De Bruyne against Leicester, they're potentially two top six teams, all right, they're all thereabouts. So I'm not going to go there. I'm yeah. going Werner. And um, I obviously messaged Savert and said, okay, this is a running theme now if I don't ask you and if I don't reveal it I'm probably going to get a lot of flack on the show so I said Sever, he brought in KDB this week uh, don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that you can tell from his team um, so I said you going KDB for captain uh, and I'd already said to him I'm going Werner by the way and he said yeah I'm going Werner too fixture so He's going Werner. So okay, so that's my mind. My mind made up. We don't have to do as as Severt does. We but, do. If he's well, the we number do. one scorer, <laughs> we do. We want some points. Well, yeah, yeah. He blanked. Who do I trust, me or someone who's good? <laughs> do I go for Havert? Would, would you go for Havertz? Then, well, this is why I said it. How long before you are looking at Havertz? But oh. yeah, Severt blanked with his captain seven times last season. That's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. See, part of me wants to say it can't keep coming back all the time. No, it's like red eventually. No, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but I but... do I do think Werner, I mean he's gonna get he's gonna get his first goal, I think, at West Brom. I think that's gonna happen. Whether he'll outscore De Bruyne, 
De Bruyne looks such a monster. I don't want to bet against him. But I, I want to stick to this principle because I said at the start mm. of the season, mm. that's what I'm going to take. There's two major things. Transfers, I'm going to transfer out players, first and foremost, who aren't performing for me. Sounds obvious, but often I don't do that. Often I just go, well, I want that player, so I'll get that player out. So and with the Bamiang this week. Yeah, but his fixtures yeah. his fixtures mean he's I not going to... And also, <laughs> no, off the back of that, he didn't perform well, did he? Let's face it. And so I did the same not, as well. Yeah. It, it, but, it, some, sometimes you've got to just... You've got to just do it. Yeah. It's someone like De Bruyne. I think it was, yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. Good point. But the other thing was, captain, that I'm always going to go with fixture and see it, see where it gets me. Um, so I'm going Werner. He's going Werner. I'm the only one of the three of us doing that. But oh, mm, might have swayed Luke now. Maybe not. Maybe Four not. point hit. At the end of the day, are, are Chelsea going to score two or three goals against West Brom? Everything suggests at the moment that probably right. I think they will. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, who looks the biggest threat for Chelsea so far? It's Werner by a mile for me. No one else has offered anything. Um, you know, obviously today Havertz has done well, but... So well, that's that's Premier made League. it that's that's cemented it for me because before tonight I was thinking Werner I didn't fancy him but where's the creativity There's no confidence in that team. Yeah, at Mason Mount on left wing just doesn't work. For me. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's going to change soon. Pulisic is going to come in and it's all going to be fine and dandy. But I think they'll have more than enough for West Brom. I really do. Um, I just don't. I don't see them coping with Werner's pace and bursts bursts of pace and runs mm. across the line from what I've seen of West Brom's defence. Yeah. I just I'm gonna go for it and see where it gets me. Let's 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 stick to the principle. That's my thing. Sounds good. All right. Okay, well we're we're coming in at one hour forty again. I thought we'd break all records. I thought we'd go to two hours with Luke on the show. You know, as you add there's a person, one, there's one topic we haven't covered though. Go on then, go for it. Gareth Bale. Oh yeah, do you want to talk about that at the end then? Because you love well, him, don't you? So I love him. Yeah, right. Can I you do him. 25 minutes on Gareth Bale? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just, let's just do a quick one. I mean, do, yeah. you think, do you think 9.5 is a good price for him and would you consider him if he was fit, Mark? It's um, it's like Rodriguez. I don't trust the fitness because um, it's the same with him. I've, I've yet to see him come under the rigours of Premier League football and I don't know if Bale will stand up to that. Um, I love him as a player. I've got memories of him like everybody else. Saw him incredible goals. Um, he's playing under Marino though, so we've got to factor that in. We don't know where he's going to play. We don't know what role he's going to have in that team. Um, we don't know how the chemistry between him, Son and Kane, which is going to be vital, is going to work. So we're going to need time. The trouble is you need to see him. You said it in the scoutcast. You need to see him chain in matches before yeah. he, start, he starts winning you over. But he's another option. Like you said, we've got so many options this season. I totally agree with you. And it's a better game for it. And he, throwing him into the mix. And we've got the transfer window to come. Who knows who's coming in? Um, you know, you've got Stevens going to Brighton. What more could we want? You know, it's just brilliant. <laughs> going to Burnley, rather. Um, but yeah, I mean, I need to. I, we need to give him time. Um, but my heart says I want him to work out and be an asset to us. My head so, says we've got to show caution. What about you, Luke? It's just a flat no for me. Oh, straight wow. in. I mean, he was injury prone back in the day and it's just gone on and on. I mean, he's just highly injury prone. And for me, I mean, what was um, Jose saying the other day? I'll oh, press, press, press. My team doesn't press. He's going to have Kane and Bale in the same team. But up front, how's he going to get any pressing? His son's going to be absolutely knackered. Yeah. <laughs> who's, going to, who's going to be doing the pressing? <laughs> Look, Bale 
Gale's an athlete, isn't he? Last time I saw him, he was a still He's a decent athlete. Hundred percent, but I think it's more in bursts these days. Is That's it? the problem. We just don't know. You don't see him play enough to to understand it. I mean, yeah. there's people who are going to know a lot more than me. I haven't seen him play that much very recently, but. I, think I just got... don't understand where he's going to get that pressing front three from if he's got Bale, Kane and Son uh, from me at the moment. I, I almost think he might even go for a two up front and treat it like a Ronaldo kind of floating yeah, off of Kane or something like that. But it's, it's all guesswork at the moment. And I guess that's part of it. It's a lot of money to play for a guess. Whereas with with Hammers with, Hammers with Rodriguez, it's 7.5 million. They had the yeah, fixtures, yeah, yeah. everything's there. You can kind of see that one. But mm. I mean, ultimately, Bale, I mean... He, he went for what was it, 100 million nearly? Or it was it 100 million he went back mm. years ago now. Like yeah. So there's obviously a very good player in there, isn't it? We just have to wait and see whether it's actually there. I think on that one, he's going to monopolize those um, the free kicks though, which is which is good. He's going to be on all the free. You know, when you see Bale setting up to a free kick outside the penalty area, mm. mm. you're going to be thinking, oh, this is pretty tasty. Uh, he's 0.5 more than Son, which I think is is the slight concern because Son clever that know, clever pricing does it. He is a good. I thought I thought he was going to come in at 10. So I was I was quite happy to see him at nine point five. If he if he changed a few games together though, and the fixtures are good, I'm gonna find it impossible to resist him. I think. Oh really? You're going in? You're going I'm going in for early. it. I'd, okay. have to, I'd, I'd have to. I mean, he hasn't. He's not going to have lost his ability in his class. The only question marks are over his fitness. It's a romantic transfer, that I would say. <laughs> yes. I think you've got well, a bit of a man crush. Bruno Fernandes to bail on the cards then as he is one of my he is one of my favourite like all time players <laughs> to watch. Do you, do you, do you remember what he did for fantasy teams? But you know oh, back yeah. in the day, like he was just. He was just relentless. To, to be honest, I can't really remember. I have to go back and read my own articles on Scout to remember. Yeah, that's it. They were black and white. Black I know. And white articles, I know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I hope it works out for him. And I hope he's going to add to the mix because it's already a good season in terms of the options. And, and having Bale in there is, is exciting, yeah. isn't it? It's a lot of people were like, well, I hope it works out for him. He's on like 400 grand a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And the thing is, like, Bless we, him. I really hope he can get, he I can know. get by. Well, you know, we like to be like, we're like, we've done 10 minutes on Bale and we haven't mentioned golf once either. Look, how many, how many punters nope. do that? Eh? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I We'll see how he goes. When, when's he going to debut as well? It's going to be, what, a month? Six yeah, months? They're, 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 they're saying they might be able to get him fit for after the international break. So he could see some minutes game week five. Mourinho, again, it come, it's all about your motivation. It doesn't matter if you're injured. As long as you've got the motivation, yep. you can play even with a broken <laughs> leg. It's, yeah, he'll be in the team as soon as he can. As soon as soon I think he'll be in quicker than you think. Really? Um, yeah, I think he will. I mean, he loves it. Jose hates injured players and he's signing bail. It's, it's just a recipe for disaster, this, I think. You've got to remember, he was under Harry Redknapp most of the time before when Bale was playing, I think, in a free... Just gung-ho team going forwards. It's know. a very unlike Mourinho and Levy signing. I was surprised that it, it's happened. but I'm They excited. needed something, though. They needed they something needed, to yeah. that scale um, yeah. to get get the fans back. And, um, you know, a centre midfielder, a centre-back, that would have helped. But... Yeah. I mean, they all paid for their Amazon subscriptions. Then they get that Everton game. I mean, they must have been really upset. So, um, yeah. I Mora, think... Mora works out, but he hasn't got anywhere near the You cost, hate him, don't but... you? You absolutely hate Mora. That's <laughs> another just... one. Chris Wood, Lucas Mora. Well, Lucas Moore has given me what I think is one of the greatest moments in football, which was that hat-trick against Ajax. That last-minute goal against Ajax is one of the best footballing moments I've ever seen because I, I just... there was, you know, It was better than the Liverpool one, um, you know, their comeback. Uh, maybe not as good as their Champions League final comeback in Istanbul, but against Barcelona. I mean, that, that Moore hat-trick was incredible. But every other game I've watched Moore play in, bang average, Okay, we we could be here all night. You slagging Bang off average. Lucas Moore. We can't we <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, okay, uh, uh, as I think you got a message to the people watching. Um, a certain message we forgot to say last oh, we week. We forgot to do it. I yeah. don't want you to say it, but you can say it in an ironic way. 
Go ahead. Thank you for it. thank you everyone for watching the FBL Black Box. Now smash that like yeah. button, smash that subscribe button. No, but it actually does help us. Like, it do does. Actually, it does. We help. do actually need yeah. it to like it, and subscribe. It cheers us up at the weekend when we get thirty-five <laughs> points with a minus four yeah. plus here as well. If you, if you haven't smashed already, then please smash. Do it. No. Um, thanks so much, Luke, for popping on. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a pleasure to have you, wasn't it? It was a good performance. I think definitely more Rodriguez and Havertz. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go off injured now then and see you again next time. <laughs> okay, it's a good night for me. Good night, everyone. Good night. Podcast Network.